Welcome to the Readers of the Lost Draft. That was mine this time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you come up with Horrible Stakeout or did I? Uh, I can't remember I think I was, anymore. I, I think I was you, actually. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Off topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm Eric. I'm Zach. Uh, yeah. So this week, or this time... Month. <laughs> this time, we will be yep. discussing uh, The Star Wars... Um, the very first rough draft that George Lucas wrote. It's quite the draft. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, you want to just jump into this thing? Sure. The opening um, word crawl still happens, but it is quite different from the final movie. Do you want to read it off? Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Until the recent Great Rebellion, in all caps, the Jedi Bendu, all caps, Jedi Bendu, not Master, were the most feared warriors in the universe. For 100,000 years, generations of Jedi perfected the art as personal bodyguards of the Emperor, which got me off guard. (laughs) They were the chief architects of the invincible Imperial Star Force, which expanded the Empire across the galaxy, from the celestial equator to the farthest reaches of the Great Rift. Now, these legendary warriors are all but extinct. One by one, they have been hunted down and destroyed as enemies of the new empire by a ferocious and sinister rival warrior sect, the Knights of the Sith. (laughs) Yep, there we go. So, I mean, it's interesting, but it doesn't really um, give as much of a backstory or lead-in plot-wise as mm-hmm. the uh, final movie does, because in the movie, it's, like, very, you know, specific with plot and, like, telling you things that happened, and in this, it's just kind of a ge- general, you know, mm-hmm. letting you know what the world is like kind of thing. Yeah. Which actually does tie into the first scene very well, I will oh, say yeah. that. Yes, it Which... does. Yeah, I can't wait to get to that already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's just jump into the f- uh, the first scene after this um, main titles uh, scroll thing. A small spacecraft emerges from behind the moon of uh, this planet U- Utapu. Utapu. I was saying U- Utapu. That's yeah. how I was saying. All right, sure. Utapu. Utapu. Whatever. Yeah, so then it goes into orbit around one of the moons. And the fourth moon. Yes. And then we Sorry. cut down to that moon. And the um, then we meet Anakin Starkiller, who is a tall, heavy-set boy of 18. <laughs> and <laughs> um, he sees the ship approaching and then uh, runs back to his little house thing and uh his dad Kane is training um his son Deke and <laughs> and then uh Anakin approaches and he says they found us and Deke 
breaks his concentration and then Kane disciplines him and uh, Deke ends up doing well in his test and then they all go out to investigate the spacecraft from a distance and Kane observes through electro binoculars (laughs) (laughs) I got so sick of seeing that oh yeah oh my goodness (laughs) And he says, it's a trap and nobody's in the ship. But then he goes out to check it out and his sons stay behind. And then while Kane goes inside the ship, uh, Anakin starts to follow a little bit. And then a Sith Knight comes over and kills Deke. And Mm. then he duels with Anakin for a little bit before Kane comes back to the rescue and slices the Sith Knight in two and then Kane and Anakin put Deke's body to rest and get into the ship and then they set coordinates for their home on Aquile I'll start off by saying this scene I really really liked a lot me too it just it hyped me up so much for the rest (laughs) of the script I could not believe how awesome this was reading this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I I can see like when they first see the Sith Knight uh like in the binoculars, like it's very The electro binoculars. Yeah, electro binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very similar to when Luke is observing the Tusken Raiders in the hmm. movie. Because he's okay. looking at them, and then all of a sudden the binoculars get blacked out, and then he looks up, and oh, they're okay. right there in front yeah. of him. So it's, I didn't even think about that. I don't know. He ba- he basically like reused that little bit for that scene, but which yeah. they did that a lot. He's done oh, that a yeah. lot with this. I think. Yeah, there's a um, lot of stuff in here that you see get reused in later different parts of the movie, and then also gets reused in other movies. Yeah, he definitely <clears throat> didn't let a lot of this go to waste. He, yeah. But this this first uh, sequence, it just I just love the imagery of it, mm-hmm. and it really set the tone for like <laughs> I think almost like an R rating. Like oh you might yeah, be going for. Killing Deke, which is what uh, eight or whatever twelve. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't last very long, but still. <laughs> <laughs> like, he killed her right away. Yep, this is, like, first five oh. minutes of the movie. He's already yeah. killed off a ten-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, goddamn Deke. Oh, I like how, uh, in the script, it's not lightsabers yet. It's still laser swords. Yeah, yeah, it's all laser swords. Which doesn't have the quite <laughs> the same ring as the lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, no. it means I, exactly the same thing, but it yeah. just doesn't sound right. Right. And it also, almost sounds like a knockoff of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they call the right, um, like the rifles, multiple laser rifles. I, I, yeah, that was like, just so awkward to read. Just call it a laser rifle. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why you gotta complicate things? Yeah, and then uh, even like a thermo heater mm. in the hut. Yeah, it's a heater. <laughs> Come on, George. Yeah, he may he definitely overcomplicates things sometimes, <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. He, I feel like he's trying to make it sound futuristic, 
Well, back then you had like Buck Rogers yeah. and shit going on. So he was probably like, I need to make it sound awesome. <laughs> so that makes sense. But still, uh, just looking back at it, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I liked um, the duel between Anakin and the um, the Sith guy. Yeah. Because, like, it just set it up that, uh, oh, man, either Anakin's really good or this knight is just, like, not as well-trained as you <laughs> might think. Yeah. At, at which point, Kane shows up and just, like, kills him with one blow, apparently. Yeah. And just, and, like, and the, oh! There's a lot of people that get cut in half in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a this lot is definitely of people. The, what I think it even said he cut his brother in two. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if it did or not. But anyway, so many people get decapitated by these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's and, like um, you know, the end of episode one, Phantom Menace, when Darth Maul gets cut in half, and he's falling down. Mm-hmm. That happens like at least ten times in this. <laughs> Yep. I'm going to make it a point to look out for this now. Yeah. See if I can catch it. <laughs> but yeah, this this opening sequence is awesome. And Amazing. Yeah, I definitely... Like, as soon as I read this opening sequence, I was like, ah, I wish I could see this movie. <laughs> I know. Like Until you get to, like, the end. Yeah. Like, well... <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall... I mean, I guess we can get to this later, but overall, yeah. I think the movie was you know better like what they actually went with but there's some of the stuff in here that i'd really like to see Mm. i would i would like to see what you know this movie would have been yeah oh before we get too much farther into this Mm -hmm. i am now more convinced than ever that lucas just makes this shit up as he goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, do we want to try um, some casting for these parts at all? Uh, for these guys, I don't have anything specific in mind. Mm-hmm. Especially when it opened up with Anakin being a heavy set boy. <laughs> that really caught me off guard. Yeah. I'm just like, does he mean like muscular or does he have a belly? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Is he going for like but, a Friar Tuck kind of? <laughs> <laughs> Friar maybe, Tuck. Maybe uh, like John Goodman if he was like 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. I was trying to think back to like 74. Yeah, was I wasn't sure whether to cast this as like in if it was made in 74 or cast it with people from today. Right. Um, but yeah, for Kane, I was kind of thinking like if if you were going a seventy four route, maybe like a Clint Eastwood, because he kind of has, I don't know, kind of like mm-hmm. good Western vibe that <laughs> you know he's already ripped off one samurai movie, so <laughs> <laughs> why not like <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. But I would love to see Clint Eastwood use a sword oh, yeah. in any movie. That would be awesome. But yeah, for modern, when I actually read the description of Kane, I thought maybe mm. uh the rock would actually be a better fit for The him. Rock? <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> um, uh, let's see what what is the description of him in here. Um, we should write these. Yeah, uh, it says here: Kane is a large, burly man wearing the distinctive robes of a Jedi. So I was just trying to think of large, burly men that were like would be a good action hero, other than like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who <laughs> wouldn't really. <laughs> <laughs> fit this role I don't think I don't know they did, he did go to the Darth Vader in that one video <laughs> <laughs> no um, I did have someone in mind I forgot his name already but um, he actually played a Jedi in The Force Unleashed oh okay and I guess that's actually pretty close to his uh, real face in real life the mm-hmm. way it was in the game oh okay but now I just started watching Daredevil Oh, I actually yeah. pictured uh, the Kingpin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff, but yeah. I don't know. After reading this, and I just watched Kingpin hmm. like first episode. I'm like, ah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. But yeah, the uh, anyway, the first guy I thought of was General Crota. I think. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find his real name. Uh, Cully Fredrickson. Hmm. If anybody wants to Google that. <laughs> General Rom Kota. There we go. Uh, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Especially because uh, later in the script it describes him having the uh, the ponytail up up high. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how he wears it in the game. Nice. And the kingpin in Daredevil is Vincent... D'Onofrio. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, and I couldn't think of anybody for Deke except uh, I didn't even bother thinking of anybody because he dies so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just hire some kid off the street; he's only going to be in yeah. it for a minute or two. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the kid that played Anakin in uh, Episode One. <laughs> What's his name? I just blanked. Oh man, I don't even know. It's not even worried. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with. Ignoring the description of heavyset, tall, 18-year-old, I thought maybe Daniel Radcliffe could play the part. Mm. Yeah, I could actually see that. Cause Don't you feel weird, though, Googling that? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the NSA guy's like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> okay, well, do we want to move on here? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. All right, let's uh, go to the next scene. Or sequence, I guess. Um, yeah, so then we come to a Star Destroyer. And um, there's some pilots exchanging, you know, some pilot jibber-jabber. <laughs> it really is jibber-jabber. <laughs> <laughs> then we go down to Alderaan. And... <laughs> Oh man, some of these names. Yeah. Uh okay, so the Lord of Alderaan is named Kaz Dashit. <laughs> is that <laughs> how you read it too? I th- Dashit. Cause, cause he he causes the shit. Cause the shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh nice. And he is the I'm, uh, uh Oh, okay, and then there's also the consul 
to the supreme tribunal and ruler of the um galactic empire or wait is that all one thing i thought it was all the same thing oh okay yeah yeah he, wait who's where's hodek hodek is the um emperor's like guy oh he's like standing next to him the whole time <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, the emperor is basically giving a speech here to his troops about taking over control of the Aquilian system, and um, it's the last of the independent systems and the last refuge of um, the outlawed Jedi. And he tells he he tells them that Crispin Hodak is now governor um, and first lord of the Aquilian system. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys watching the speech is Kleeg Whitson. And then uh, Whitson makes his way to a nightclub to talk to Bale and Tilly's. And they're both clearly against the Empire and uh, Antilles is worried that something big is happening and then an imperial officer busts in with some stormtroopers and says all first officers of guild frig grill all first officers of guild <laughs> trade frigates are to come with him immediately and then Antilles gets up and goes with them so yeah as, as far as um, casting Crispin Hodak uh I was thinking maybe, as far as 1970s goes, maybe Donald Sutherland or Richard Dreyfus. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but if if I was casting it, like, today, maybe Brian Cranston. <laughs> I don't know. He can play anything, so it's probably... Uh, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you can put him anywhere. It's an easy choice there, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, for Cleeg Whitson, I was thinking, as far as he's described, kind of like Chris Hemsworth. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty close to mine, I think. But um, I was actually thinking back in the day, mm-hmm. Robert Robert Redford. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Because they say, like, Dusty Blonde or something. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, fighting the system. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> Robert Redford. Yeah, but... um. This is a nice a nice scene. Um I love the like noir feel of the nightclub. Yeah. That he goes to like it's just I don't know, it has a very kind of I mean, you can see a lot of different stylistic influences in this script like it goes from samurai film to western to noir and like all over the place, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I liked I like this um little scene. I mean, like a little touch of uh, Klieg pulling out the uh, little pen thing to block out the camera. Mm, yeah. Then they really start talking mm-hmm. business. Uh, just a nice little touch for me. Nothing important, <laughs> but uh, you know. Yeah. Nice to see the little technology touches here and there. Mm-hmm. Without naming it, even <laughs> is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to name it if it's not going to be said. So. Oh, this is another good uh, time to mention the Chrome companies. Oh yeah, are mm-hmm. are against the Empire mm-hmm. embargo, whatever. Oh yeah, and that's another thing. There's um, like an embargo happening, and it 
it's very reminiscent of the plot of the uh, episode one, you know, or like the mm-hmm. early those first three. Yeah. Um, but in this script, it works a lot better, and it <laughs> seems a lot more interesting. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, so next we have uh in general hodak's co- <laughs> I'm sorry in his uh, hodak <laughs> uh in his quarters he's talking with Darth Vader and um he's discussing the conquest of Aquila and uh he's also talking with Vantos Call and Call says that it won't be an easy battle because their army is led by a Jedi and Vader says that it's a myth and that no Jedi still exist and uh, Cole talks about a General Skywalker who led the Jedi Rebellion and Vader corrects him saying that Sieg Darklighter led the Rebellion and Cole says that that's only what he was led to believe um and yeah, and it should be noted that in this script, Darth Vader is just a regular dude. Yep. Just kind of a regular general uh, military outfit. Uh, and it, I actually saw, like, Jack Nicholson as Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> in this script. You know... Uh. Well, as soon as he says it's a myth that any Jedi still exist, mm-hmm. for, at first I thought, okay, Vader is clearly a human, mm-hmm. just a regular guy. And second of all, he's probably going to be a jackass later on <laughs> if he's just outright saying this guy's a myth. Yeah. As far as casting, I actually pictured uh, Peter, oh, wow, Peter Cushing. Oh, okay, was yeah. also Tarkin in the episode four. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was pretty much the same character. Yeah, essentially. Maybe a little more buffoony, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Because it just said that they're being led by Jedi. He's like, no, it's a myth that any Jedi still exist. <laughs> but there's clearly an order of Sith Knights still hunting people down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, I just had to eventually chalk it up to rough draft. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as character goes, it's like, ugh. Yeah. And just hearing General Skywalker is no myth. <laughs> that was awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and uh it's it's weird that Vader is has no affiliation with, you know, Jedi or anything like that. Yeah. In this. Cuz obviously in the final movie, he he was the one being like, "No, the Force is a real thing," and everybody else was opposed to it and <laughs> As he was choking people with his mind. <laughs> yeah. It's just a hokey religion. <laughs> um, Ugh. Yeah. And um, what else? Oh, real quick. I remember in uh, film school, mm-hmm. somebody was talking about how well put together Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. Like, Vader is Dutch for father. Obviously, George Lucas is thinking ahead and putting some detail into this. <laughs> to which I read the rough draft here. Where Vader has no affiliation nope. with any children. 
okay, bullshit film school. Yep. You got it wrong. <laughs> or whoever it was. It was a lucky accident. Very, <laughs> very lucky. Seriously. I mean, it could have been that uh, Lucas was like, oh, Vader means father. Eh, why not? Because <laughs> there is no way oh. he's the father of Luke Skywalker in this script. Definitely it's not. not or Starkiller, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, Cole, I don't think we... Does he even show up later? Because I don't remember I don't, him bothering I don't think him. so. I think he's just a one-off character here. He doesn't show oh, up ex- much. If, if right. Uh, Hodak, I actually pictured the... Um, oh, what's that guy's name in Star... Um, Spaceballs. The, uh, like, their Tarkin in Spaceballs. I imagine um, him. Hmm. Can't think of who it is. George Weiner. George Weiner. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Definitely has to be, like, kind of an older guy. Yeah. I felt like he was kind of a buffoon, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just, like, didn't take the battle seriously or anything, mm-hmm. I remember. I don't know. We'll get to that because I might be a little foggy on that. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on here. After this little exchange, then we go to um, down to Aquile, and King Chaos is meeting with <laughs> uh, the senators to discuss whether or not to sign the treaty with the Empire. And then uh, General Luke Skywalker enters... And he is well over 60 and has a silver beard. And he says that if they don't sign the treaty, they need to be prepared for war. And then his defense plan is essentially to just attack the Empire. And and Chaos says that Count Sandage will go to Alderaan with his decision regarding the treaty, which he has yet to make. Um, and then the senators leave and uh, King Chaos says may the force of others be with you and then Chaos's two sons Biggs and Windy come in and tell him Leia's leaving and he needs to say goodbye and then Chaos reveals that he is Leia's father and that she idolizes Luke and also that she is the princess then um, being the son of a king and daughter the, yeah <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> right yes okay yeah um, but yeah then chaos goes out to meet Leia and they say their goodbyes and she and her friends hop into a speeder piloted by a trooper of the first order um not sure if that means I don't think that means a stormtrooper but it did say trooper yeah um so yeah that's the one with that's the one with one arm right I'm not sure that might be the babysitter I'm thinking of yeah it just says the speeder is piloted by a trooper of the first order okay okay doesn't really say anything else about him but yeah then she heads off to school so for King Chaos uh I didn't really have any 70s ideas but as far as modern casting, I would think maybe Colin Firth. 
Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. Lines. Yeah. And honestly, for Luke Skywalker, modern day, he could just be Mark Hamill. That's like, exactly <laughs> what I thought. Exactly. He could be like Mark Hamill now. He yeah. Play exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Or That's if amazing if casting it in the seventies, maybe like Jeff Bridges. Or well, he's not old enough, I guess. I was gonna say. <laughs> or maybe I was thinking Jeff Bridges now, because he'd okay. be seventies makes... or sixties, and yeah. And he can grow a good beard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this script, I mean, at least so far, Luke is essentially what became Obi Wan in the movie. Yeah. Um, yep. He has that. He has the like pretty much the same look, mm. um, and you can see more similarities here to the prequels, as far as like you know senator meetings and stuff. But again, it's handled a lot better in this script than <laughs> in those movies. Um, yeah, it's still a little. Um, I don't know. It's still a little. I don't even know what the word is. It's definitely not a breeze. Yeah. As far as reading through it. Mm-hmm. And here again, we just see some names popping up that were used before. Mm. Like the the Grand Moff Mouth Tarkin. Yeah, Moff Tarkin. Is, uh, uh, wears the long black robes of the Aquilin religion. Mm-hmm. Just like, does he just have a dartboard somewhere where Lucas <laughs> is just like, I want him to be named this? I feel like he just recycled every name I saw in here. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for the King Chaos, though, I did picture uh, Michael Preston. Mm. He was um, Papa Lagago or something in The Road Warrior. Oh, okay. He was, like, you know, the leader there. Papa Gallo. There we go. Because he was, like, trying to be diplomatic and, you know, all that fun jazz. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Oh, and... uh... As far as Leia, um, I th- I guess maybe um, Chloe Grace Moretz from uh, she played Hit Girl in Kick-Ass. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. I I don't know. I don't really. I'm not <laughs> like well versed in my 14 year old actresses, <laughs> so <laughs> I I, yeah. I had a hard time like thinking of anybody that was that young that I actually was like had a name but yeah yeah, that's who came to mind I guess or that's really the only (laughs) (laughs) well I didn't think of it until just now but uh Rowan Blanchard the girl in uh Girl Meets World oh yeah yeah definitely I could see that I even know her name until I googled her just now (laughs) (laughs) yep NSA's having fun with us (laughs) What are these guys looking at? <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah. the queen, um, Queen Breha, I actually thought uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the right age. Yeah. Um, I don't even know for Biggs and Wendy because... I, I just <laughs> there's like kids yeah I just don't I don't know I, I feel like for kids that young it's probably best to just you know hold an audition and you know just get some unknowns to play the roles 
I'm glad you said that first because what I was just thinking was, yeah, just grab some kid off the street. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, but the classic May the Force Be With You line is a lot clunkier with May the Force of Others Be With You. And that gets repeated throughout the script. But, yeah, I'm glad he shortened it. Definitely. (laughs) As like, ugh, gotta read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably more, um, probably fit more in the seventies, mm. like having everything drawn out, yeah. maybe. But still, just short enough for that quick punch is just yeah, so much nicer. Oh, and uh, just imagine like this, whenever the princess takes off to school, I just imagine like this, all these like eighty songs, <laughs> like just playing, <laughs> blasting. <laughs> Doesn't fit at all, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, you know. Um yeah, so next we go to uh the war room in the underground fortress on Aquile. And uh Luke is going over some things with his aides and uh then Kane and Anakin bust in and they make a beeline towards Luke and everybody's worried and then Luke eventually just hugs Kane and they're like old friends who are happy to see each other and Luke thought Kane was dead and then Anakin flirts with a young woman and pinches her on the ass as it's written in the script that is the yep. exact wording <laughs> Yep. and then everybody goes back to work and it's <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yep. And uh then Kane, Luke and Anakin go to the control room to talk. And after some awkward silence, Kane asks Luke to take Anakin as his padawan and finish his training to become a Jedi. And Luke asks why he doesn't finish the training himself, and Kane reveals that most of his body is just electronic and that he won't live much longer and he's basically only an arm and a head now and then uh, before Luke can give his answer Captain Montross bursts in and says that they've picked up some kind of asteroid or comet moving away from the anchor head system Um, so in this this scene uh, Darth Vader is essentially or Kane is essentially like Darth Vader with uh, all of his electronic pieces (laughs) pieces <laughs> yeah maybe like darth vader and like the last part where he's alive yeah the movie. but yeah that's what i pictured <laughs> then uh they go back to the war room and luke asks if it's the battalion but montrose says that it's a solid object and it's too large to be man-made and it's too slow she to said. be a comet <laughs> <laughs> so what could it be um but luke says that he will be with the king and tells Anakin to stay close to him and Kane is happy about this because it means that he's taking him on as his Padawan mm-hmm. and, which Padawan doesn't actually appear in the final uh, movie but it does mm. end up appearing in other in the I, I think only the prequels that's what I was thinking yeah, I don't think it appears in the original trilogy at all I believe you're right um, but yeah anyway then Luke goes to King Chaos and tells him he thinks they are in imminent danger 
and Chaos says there will be some kind of red tape before everything can be okayed for Luke's defensive plan to be approved and that he'll have it tomorrow. And Luke says tomorrow is too late. And then Montross enters and tells Luke that the asteroid has disappeared from their scopes. And Luke says that he should get back to the war room and then leaves with Anakin and Montross. Um, I just I had a hard time visualizing the war room, how it would have looked in the 70s. Yeah. Because I'm just imagining, like, today, with all the glass walls <laughs> I imagined back then. Yeah. Like, that's where the, all their information would be. Yeah. So I'm like, what would they really be looking at? <laughs> it's, it's, I was almost thinking, like, uh, the bridge of the Enterprise mm. is probably what it looked like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Kane and Anakin just showing up out of the blue was like, well, that's pretty convenient, <laughs> but I guess realistically, as warriors or mm-hmm. of the High Order or whatever, they probably would be aware of each other. Yeah. But at the same time, how'd they find the secret entrance and all that? <laughs> there's a lot I could have explained, yeah. I guess. And just Kane's wording here, um, as he's barging in, get out of my way, boy, before I grind you into the surface. <laughs> it's like, George, what are you writing? Yeah. And then uh, Luke calls Kane, <laughs> Kane Starkiller, you old muscle rat. <laughs> what a sight. It's, yeah. It feels like very much <laughs> like 1950s dialogue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You old dog. <laughs> And I love how he, uh, he just puts etc. after those first two yeah. lines when they come in. The bureaucrats are like, it's restricted. You'll have to wait, etc. You know, just come up with yep. something. <laughs> yeah. It's like he didn't really feel like it. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'll fix it on set. <laughs> oh, they mentioned the Kessel system. Oh, Kane's like, you remember little Anakin? He takes after his mother. They laugh. It's so good to see you. <laughs> I don't know why. That just caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah. One thing that was tripping me up in this script is that, uh, like, he starts out calling Anakin Anakin and sometimes calls Kane Starkiller. Yeah. But then he switches over to calling Anakin Starkiller, and it really messed me up for a while because I was imagining Kane in in, in my head. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think you told me about that. Yeah, and then yeah, like at, just, uh, around page thirty or so, I was like, "Oh wait, this is actually Anakin." Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because I was wondering where Anakin was this whole time. I was like, "Wasn't yeah. he supposed to be following Luke around?" <laughs> yeah. Um. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like um, for the uh, dialogue headings for you people at home or on the road, wherever. Uh, instead of Luke Skywalker at all. Whenever it designates his dialogue, it just says general. Yeah. And even in, the, what we're talking action, about right now. in the descriptions, it's usually the general. Gen- yeah. Which really confuses us later whenever there's other generals yeah. on the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- oh, yeah. It was such a waste whenever um, Kane uh, ignites in a rage and swings his left forearm down to uh, break his metal arm mm. I was like did you really have to do that yeah <laughs> I mean when he lifts up his shirt to show his uh, I'm sorry he lifts up his tunic <laughs> to show his uh, the lights and whatever in his chest yeah it's like you probably could have stopped there yeah 
Uh, did you picture anybody for Montross? Because it seemed kind of a bland character. Yeah, and nothing I really couldn't came to mind. really think of anybody. Maybe for fan casting, I'd throw Danny Pudi in there. Yeah, why not? Abed from Community for anybody else out there. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, foreshadowing with the asteroid. That was very nice. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and I'm mentioning another... There's another line about other people coming in. And King Chaos is like, yeah, our planet's becoming quite a refuge. I think that gives a good sense that everybody else in the system is, like, not doing too great. Mm. And this is kind of like the last bastion for, like, free people or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I was taking it. Mm. Kind of a Casablanca situation. Yeah. So then we go to back to the war room. Um, oh, I, I would like to pause. Mm-hmm. I would like to mention that not for... Um, well, actually, whenever uh, uh, Skywalker says tomorrow will be too late to get the codes, mm-hmm. I'd just like to mention that he doesn't have any force powers or anything. Yeah. he like This is just his tactical mind thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. It caught me off guard. There was no telekinesis or anything. Yeah, there really isn't. It's more just like a almost like a martial just, arts style or something. Yeah. So, yeah, after he leaves uh, King Chaos, he goes back to the war room, and he's facing a display board, seemingly asleep, but then snaps to attention when Captain Prue enters the room. And <laughs> Prue informs him that there's no sign of the giant object. And Luke says it's impossible for something that big to disappear. And he says to check again and then calls for Anakin. Anakin doesn't answer and Luke tells Montross to page him. And upon being paged, Anakin stumbles out of a computer closet with a cute girl, both disheveled. And Anakin runs up to Luke, snapping to attention. And after a moment, Luke attacks him with his laser sword which Anakin blocks <laughs> masterfully with his own. And after a moment There's of... There's no fighting in the war room. <laughs> Honestly, that's just how I pictured this <laughs> scene. I just pictured them in that kind of a war room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after a moment of locked swords, then Luke grins and relaxes, and he tells Anakin that uh, he must be single-minded... And this is where he says about you need to be disciplined uh, because your father obviously wasn't because that's how you exist. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I loved reading that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, your mind must uh, follow the way of the Bendu. I'm so glad he changed out the master. Yeah. It's so weird to read. Yep. Okay. Um, paging him was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> paging Anakin Starkiller. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, oh, on a phone, actually. Huh? Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Uh, but yeah, Luke then gets a call saying that Whitson has been admitted, admitted to Medvac and he heads over there. And then Whitson tells Luke that the Imperial Star Force is planning to attack and confirms that the giant object is a space fortress and Luke figures they'll attack before sunrise. And he tells Anakin to go pick up Princess Leia 
and return and then tells Montrose to get the royal family um, so yeah um, I kept I keep seeing Whitson and wanting to say white son <laughs> me too it's, it's so hard to like get my brain to shorten it to Whitson well I'll tell you what I had to do was think of George Jetson uh, I just imagine Luke being like Whitson <laughs> that's the only way I got through it <laughs> without saying white son the whole time yeah um yeah, I like how uh, Luke knows that uh, this attack's going to happen before dawn mm-hmm. or before sunrise, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just another, you know, general mind thinking, I guess. More strategic thinking, let's say that. Yeah. It sounds better. I love all the land speeders in this. Oh, honestly. yeah, there's so many. Because it's probably like one in episode four, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the only time a land speeder like ever shows up in the, <laughs> the whole series. <laughs> oh, that's that's depressing. Yeah, if it's true. Um, wait. What else? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Anakin gets his first mission, so mm, to speak. Yeah. Oh man, the way he does it is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, there's. It, this is the first of several times where Luke is seemingly asleep, but then, um, you know, he like opens his <laughs> eyes and, you know, whatever. He's not. He hasn't been asleep apparently, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. Like, it, it just keeps <laughs> mentioning that, but never like actually says what what is happening yeah yeah <laughs> like obviously he's like tapping into the force or whatever to like feel you know what's happening or whatever i would say that if there was actually like force stuff oh yeah but but, but yeah there but in this uh, just the way yeah. it is i kept i have to disagree with you yeah i guess i i just kept waiting for somebody to use telekinesis or mind control or something i'm like <laughs> oh man this situation why don't you just use mind yeah. control but <laughs> no <nope>. i know <laughs> so many times never happens but uh yeah every time they mention him seemingly falling asleep i'm either like man he's putting a lot of hours <laughs> or he's just he's just old yeah. and maybe ready to quit or retire maybe just co- trying to concentrate or something yeah, that's it. you'd like to think, yeah. but nobody. There's no acknowledgement of it at all. Like yeah, you said. I mean, it's, it's just written in the script. Like it, watching the movie, it would just be him with his eyes closed, and then he opens his eyes and starts <laughs> talking to somebody. Like it, it wouldn't yeah. really ever get like expounded upon. But right, it's like, are you falling asleep in the war room, sir? <laughs> ah, I'm using the force. <laughs> the force awakens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, man, <laughs> so much. You have no idea. All right, so okay, let's move on here. We got Star Killer getting Leia, which is <laughs> a delightful little scene. Um, Renegade. <laughs> so, well, first we have uh, Montross 
trying to get through to the king and mm. uh, Luke tells him to try a surface link because they have to get in contact with the king so that he can give them the code to activate the defense plans. Um, then we have Anakin pulling up at the Chathos school in his land speeder. Um, basically just runs it th- right into the courtyard, just basically like jumps out of the car and uh, forces Leia into the land speeder. <laughs> And then he g- takes the royal crest from her neck and then gives it to her handmaiden and is like, here, wear this. And I guess, <laughs> I guess he's setting her up to be like a dupe or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's just like, here, you pretend to be the princess in case they come to try to kill her. So then you die yeah. instead. <laughs> Um, oh. oh yeah and, and Leia is fighting him the whole way and she absolutely hates him yeah how old is Anakin he's 18 and the princess is like 14 isn't yeah, she yeah I think that's what it was he must have missed some details <laughs> Lucas did making them like uh, like he knocks her the hell out oh yeah yeah Starkiller <laughs> punched her square on the jaw and knocks her cold Mina, yeah. the girl that Eric's talking about, is panic-stricken. One of the old women faints, and another starts for Starkiller <laughs> with a large staff. So obviously, Lucas knows this is wrong, yeah. but then he follows that up with the dialogue. Anakin says, she'll be alright. I'm taking her to safety. As ordered, you will wear the crest and continue as before. <laughs> I'm just like, what is he thinking? Oh, man. How would anyone believe that? Yeah. No one's ever seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. This is the, the first time anybody has seen him. And he's yeah. just like, trust me, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, oh. like a dumb and dumber. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm a Jedi master. <laughs> 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 oh! <laughs> Sorry, you can't go in oh. there. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish. <laughs> oh! Just imagining Jim Carrey. Oh man! Being a Jedi Master. <laughs> It's okay. I'm a Jedi Master. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, seriously. Oh. This this scene specifically with Anakin saving the princess, yeah. it got me on so many levels. <laughs> Just like, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> no documents or anything. No call ahead. Yeah. Obviously, there's no call ahead because of the disruption that's going on, mm-hmm. but no proof at all. Yeah. And, um, after he says his line, uh, the authority of Starkiller's voice stops the old lady. <laughs> and like, that's all it takes. Yeah. See, he must roll like a natural 20. Or I would have believed it more if he had his Jedi mind trick to pull on yes. everybody. Almost like yes. the men in black flashy thing where mm-hmm. you could just be like, it's okay, you know, just don't worry about it. I'm taking her to safety. 
swamp gas. <laughs> um, but yes, and everybody just goes along with it. Mina puts oh, yeah. on the crest. Yep. <laughs> She's oh. like, okay, I guess so. I don't know, maybe maybe he just didn't explain that they actually are using the Jedi mind trick. You know, now that would be hilarious. You know, like maybe George Lucas was just really terrible at actually like explaining that that's happening. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. For the rough draft, you can't imagine maybe he left out some things. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, so then we move on to Queen Breha, Briggs, and Wendy being escorted into the war room. And Montrose tells Luke, uh, again, who seems to be asleep, that he's made contact with King Chaos. And Luke tells him that there's an Empire attack and that there's proof of it. And then Chaos says that he'll put the code in. Um, Yeah, I guess... uh, not a whole lot to say about that. Oh, we get a better look at the uh, planet in these last few um, scenes. I will say that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the red red plains of Aquile, which I imagine like an ocean planet, mm. whatever. But now it's like all desert, more like um, Tatooine, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, uh, King Chaos. Uh, gives the metallic card thing to the co-pilot on his land speeder and tells him to send it sub-land priority one. And then he tells the pilot to get them back to Calvis. And as they leave, some nearby farmers see two atomic flashes on both sides of the horizon. And this is followed by earthquakes. And I love this part. Yeah, that that is very very cool visual. This is where it starts. Everybody at home. Yeah, and it, uh, like, yeah. Okay, we'll just keep going here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. <laughs> but yeah, then at a spaceport, twelve pilots and navigators hop into some uh, destroyer starships, and Montross informs Luke that six starships from Gordon are on their way out and all other spaceports were hit. And as then the spaceships approach the space fortress and they see it just pummeling the Aquilian surface with laser bolts. And over the intercom, Luke tells them like the formation that they have to take and then they start bombarding the surface of the space fortress and then a big chaotic battle ensues and the uh, Devil 2's pilot because they're all called like Devil 1, Devil 2, etc uh, the Devil 2 is piloted by Chewie not that <laughs> Chewie a different Chewie the only yep, reason I know clearly a human Yep. the only reason I know for sure is <laughs> that Chewbacca shows up later as a completely yep. different character uh, completely <laughs> So then they continue firing at the fortress and then Devil 4 gets hit by a by return fire and then explodes into a million pieces. And inside the fortress, uh we got C3PO and R2D2 <laughs> and they're squabbling <laughs> about the destruction that is happening around them 
and uh, 3PO thinks that they're doomed and R2 is a little bit more optimistic and says they'll be fine um, he actually has dialogue yep. <laughs> um, and I guess really like all of his dialogue here could be what he actually says in the final movie yeah. if you just take it out like C-3PO's responses are still you know pretty much the same um, yeah but yeah, then Luke gives some more direction and tells them the weak point to attack and Devil 3 gets hit and goes down and then the explosion rips a hole in the ceiling of a hallway in the Space Fortress. And then R2 and 3PO scramble around through the collapsing structure and R2 thinks that they should get back to work and 3PO just insults him and then... (laughs) Um, a body flies through the, a hole in the ceiling and then they grab each other in fear and then R2 admits that they might be screwed. <laughs> I love the way you said that. Um, yeah, this this is definitely a really, really cool um, battle that's going on here. Um, yeah. Lots of good like insight into the strategies and everything and seeing Luke like commanding everybody and telling them, yeah. you know, coming up with, you know, strategies on the fly and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, then we get uh, some officers running past R2 and 3PO, and they enter an office complex. And behind the desk is Governor Hodak. And pacing around is General Vader. And uh, the first officer tells him tells them that the comlink power is out and 22 transformer sections have been destroyed and vader is confident that the fortress is impenetrable even for a jedi and hodak <laughs> is concerned that if it goes on too long they'll run over budget and then <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love that <laughs> and then an attache tells them that more power stations were lost in the southern sections and there's some serious trouble ahead. And then Vader is angry and embarrassed. And then uh. in the war room, Luke is informed that those ZQ configurations were definitely power transformers. <laughs> and Luke is surprised that they're still using external power units. And I've got to say, um, the weaknesses of the Death Star in this are much more believable than in the final movie where it's just a small exhaust port that they have to hit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I definitely believe much more them taking out a bunch of power stations to just completely drain the thing. Um, Right. I don't know. It just seems much more believable. But... um, Yeah, this whole thing is so much more believable. mm -hmm. I just love... it. The Death Star doesn't blow up the planet in one hit. Yeah. It's actually comes into the atmosphere to, uh, you know, basically place all these mini nukes all over the place. That's how I read it anyway. Yeah, that's that's what I think was happening. Oh. Yeah, you know, the external power transformers doesn't make sense to me either, Mm -hmm. as well as Luke. But, again, it's kind of believable in that way that... They have to hit it hard somehow yeah. to actually make it this like a convincing battle. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh yeah, but also in the in the film, like they kind of needed a reason for Luke to use the Force, so I guess that's why they had yeah. to change it to you know what they did. But <laughs> um, you know, so I guess he, but not even a Jedi <laughs> could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can't have it, you know, both ways. Got to right, sacrifice something right. for the sake of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then. Um, Montross rushes in to the war room and says that the Senate has voted to end the war and Luke says that they can't do anything without the king's approval and he sends people out to meet the king and escort him back to the war room. And uh, the four remaining starships then attack a main transformer on the space fortress which is what they call it in this um, and Devil Fire. Oh, I liked yeah. it. Yeah. And the Devil 5 gets hit by sparks and then explodes. And then it crashes into a solar panel, which is smart. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Um, then uh, inside, 3PO says that he's basically getting the hell out of there and starts to enter an <laughs> escape pod. And R2 says that those life pods aren't for robots and it's not right that they use them. And then... After another explosion and some flames, R2 just jumps right in and is like, all right, let's get out of here. He actually says, it's the end. Eject, eject. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the ejected life pod uh, passes by the Aquilian starships and Devil 2 sees them approaching, but Devil 4 says, eh, it's just a life pod. Forget about it. And then uh, Devil 4 gets hit by a laser and explodes. And (laughs) (laughs) I got a line before I died. (laughs) And then uh, Luke appears on their monitor and tells them where the main relay is. And if they hit that, the whole thing goes dead. So the two remaining starships start heading over to it. And then in the governor's office, Hodak and Vader are informed that all power has been restored and only two enemy craft remain and that the battle will be over shortly. Hodak says the planet will be a great prize for the Empire because they've mastered biotic science like genetics and cloning and that they've added 200 years to a lifespan. And he says that they need at least one member of the royal family alive because they've ruled for 10,000 years and the planet's people will not follow any other. So an officer tells them they've just received a message from the planet. Um, Then in the war room, an aide tells Luke that the king's convoy was destroyed and all the bodies were contaminated, which I don't know exactly... They don't. I don't know if they really, you know, explain that, like what they mean by contaminated. Yeah, I assumed radiation. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. That's what I assumed. Um, yeah. Then Luke asks who knows about this, and the aide says that it came through civilian sources. So basically, a lot of people Twitter. know about this. Huh? Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then Sandage and several other senators enter the war room and tells and he tells Luke that they've already relayed peace terms to the Empire and they've accepted. 
And then Luke gets angry, and the senators jump back as if Luke is pointing a gun at them. And I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to, you know, use some telekinesis or something. Or maybe they're afraid of him because of telekinesis. But (laughs) then Luke says that he takes his commands from the royal family. And then Sandage says that he has the queen's decree written, written decree and orders Luke to stop the attack. And Luke hesitates. Then we cut to the life pod. And R2 freaks out about how they're deserting and that they'll be destroyed. And 3PO says a line that it remained intact throughout the final movie. That's funny. The damage doesn't look so bad from out here. <laughs> and, uh, then the Devil 2 dives again at the Transformer area when the fortress just suddenly stops firing altogether. And the pilot and navigator look at each other, confused. Luke enters on the monitor, or appears on the monitor, and tells them to stop their attack and return to base. And they reluctantly follow the orders, but as soon as they turn around, the fortress fires two concentrated shots and destroys both fighters. And then the body of one of the pilots drifts down to the planet, and a trooper cradles the body in his arms, crying. So apparently a family member or something. And... Then Montross informs Luke that there's no sign of Anakin or the princess and that the queen will see him at 1000. And then <laughs> on the space fortress, Vader gets on the comm and tells the troops that the war is won. And after putting down the microphone, he says to his commander, let the invasion begin. So, yeah. The end of the battle. Um... Yeah, so obviously this is the battle that ended up being the climax at the end of the movie, which, you know, it's probably a better place for it, but it is very, very cool. Well, I just loved how they put it into the first plot point. Yeah. It totally caught me off guard. Oh, yeah. I was just like, like, whoa, (laughs) what? Yeah, I was like, whoa, (laughs) what's happening here? This (laughs) This is crazy. I mean, yeah. It just, I feel like it's very good visual right up front of how powerful. Yeah, that's true. the The new guys, the new guys, going to be. Yeah, and it, it like it does, um, you know, yeah, show like the threat of the Death Star. Yeah, because um, uh, I feel like the way Episode Four starts off, mm-hmm. like you're setting up the dire situation in the, the opening text. Yeah. You know, I didn't really get a feeling like the Empire was that powerful because mm. I felt like their ships were just as big as the Rebels. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It felt kind of even mm-hmm. like the whole way through until the Death Star. Yeah. Whereas here, they open with the Death Star. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. The the reveal and, of the Death Star yeah. is, happens much, much earlier in this. Yeah. Which I I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I think it works here. As far as being its own movie, I mean, obviously, yeah, the final product is clearly superior. Yeah, but uh, did did Vader mention it was a three hour war yet? Yeah, I th- I think he might have. That might be later, but I just like how he's like, haha, we won a battle in three hours. Yeah, or won a, a war, 
Oh, as far as casting for this version mm-hmm. of the Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> for C-3PO and R2, I just pictured you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Just because R2 seems like more of a dick than <laughs> usual. Yeah, you don't get that with all those bleeps and bloops. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because reading this, I'm like, okay, he looks a lot different here than <laughs> what I pictured. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. I definitely did not picture the same R two D two. No, definitely not at Definitely all. seemed like he had like legs that like walked. Yeah, but it was still a tripod yeah. at the same time. It's so weird to mm-hmm. read or picture, I should say. Yeah, here's one R 2s lines um, when they're walking away in the. Well, you didn't get here yet, but he's just like. It's not possible. We're not built for this. You're nothing more than a dim-witted, emotion brain intellectual. <laughs> I think that's when I pictured myself talking to you. <laughs> Why you were created is beyond my logical systems. Thanks to you, we're deserters and will probably be destroyed on sight. And on top of that, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I love like, how artificial a- intelligence has <laughs> evolved in this universe. Where everybody has emotions. Uh, they just all become hilarious. like annoyed <laughs> <laughs> yep oh man so yeah this is where we get back into like back into the uh, end product area yeah this definitely with... is almost the same as in the final movie with R2 and 3PO mm-hmm. just making their way through the desert it's almost essentially the exact same thing as the movie um, yeah. Even down to 3PO's dialogue, like they start parting ways, and 3PO's like, "Don't ca- let me catch you following me, begging for help because he won't get it from me." <laughs> yep. And yeah, it's like it's pretty much all the same. Oh, I just thought it was awesome that they start out as bad guys, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, like the bumbling, <laughs> st- you know, but but they're still. They still start off as Team Death Star. Yeah. And then they just switch sides mm-hmm. by accident. And I do also like how, well, I guess we'll get into this later, but how people treat them as like, we need to be careful around these droids because, you know, you can't say too much around them. Yes. Um. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll get into that, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so R2, on his journey, he stumbles upon Anakin's start uh land speeder and he tries to start it and then um anakin like comes back or you know appears and uh then r2 pretends like he's he can't talk he just you know doesn't say anything and anakin's trying to find out who he is or where he came from and then he decides to take r2 with him and then they hop in the speeder and take off uh, with Leia as well. And then uh, during this little ride, um, Leia just continuously uh, insults Anakin. <laughs> and Anakin just kind of takes it all in stride. And <laughs> um, yep. yeah, he kind of, let's see what what's um, some of the stuff he says here. Oh yeah, like, she says, you are such a barbarian. I'll have my father cut you into little pieces when we get back, and I'll take pleasure in feeding you to the Ganthas. 
a little bit each day. I may save your eyes, though. I'll have them petrified and make it into a necklace. And then he's just like, your sweetness is only surpassed by your beauty. Just try to remember I'm only following orders. Yep. Um, yeah, so. To which she replies, <laughs> to beat me and abuse me. And he says, I'm afraid I've only learned one way to treat wild animals. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh, man. Yeah, so then uh, we see, uh, well, we see 3PO, and he is waving down Anakin's speeder, and then Anakin comes back around, and 3PO falls down a dune, and uh, Leia is not happy about them stopping yet again, and then R2 breaks his ruse when he is attempting to revive 3PO, and then finally 3PO wakes back up and joins them. And, um, yeah, it says they're stuffed into the luggage compartment of the speeder. <laughs> and uh, then it comes to a stop, and R2 and 3PO climb out, and Anakin and Leia get out of the front. And then 3PO starts talking, but notices that Anakin and Leia have disappeared. I like whenever uh, R2 is like... He sees uh, 3PO, and instead of, like, you know, like a regular human would yell, like, come on, live, damn it, live. <laughs> R2's yelling, function, function. <laughs> it's me. Come on, function. Yeah. That's just great dialogue from my, from my side. I would actually love to see a movie about uh, um, these four traveling around. <laughs> <laughs> so mismatched. R2 and 3PO would just be squabbling, and Leia and... <laughs> Anakin would be squabbling and oh man it would just be so good perfect road trip <laughs> uh, but yeah then Anakin and Leia meet Luke in the base and uh, Leia complains about Anakin again and asks where her father is to which Luke replies the king is dead <laughs> he just comes right out and says it very bluntly. I know he's such a dick about um, it and then she asks about the rest of her family so she she doesn't seem too broken up about it at first. Then Luke says that her family, the rest of her family is safe, and she runs off. And then 3PO and R2 are sitting on the speeder pondering their fate when two guards approach and tell them to remain calm and remain there. And then in the royal chamber, Luke meets with the queen, and the queen tells him that she only rules by marriage and that Leia is the true queen and must be protected. And then she tasks Luke with delivering Leia and her brothers to the Afuchi system where they'll be safe. And Luke is allowed to take two trusted uh, officers or captains with him. One thing I did notice, the guards are like surrounding the cyborgs. Mm -hmm. Well, robots. They're robots, yeah. let's be honest here. And uh, 3PO's line stayed the same. I'm C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. I like that a little bit. Yeah. And uh, your ki your kindness is gratefully appreciated. <laughs> he says that, like, what, five more times, yeah. I think? Exactly the mm -hmm. same. I like how for a stealth mission, he's allowed to bring, like, more people. Yeah. I don't know why. I, just, <laughs> I didn't really like, I should say. But, you know, for the sake of, you know, character development yeah. and plot, it was, I think it worked. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're talking about the, uh, do you mention the Chrome Companies? 
Uh, no. Um, yeah, they're actually offering to um, help the throne. Yeah. If the if they can be trusted. At yeah, all. the Chrome companies are supplying the men and the ships necessary to return Leia to the throne. So. But yeah, the, apparently their uh, their price is pretty high. But we'll get to that in the next scene, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then she says, may the force of others be with you here. Then uh, Luke tells Montrose to get Whitson and Anakin, as well as a list of supplies, and then to contact Han Solo at the Gordon spaceport. (laughs) Yay, yay. (laughs) And then uh, Luke goes to the medical center to retrieve the other things that he'll be taking with him as payment to the Chrome companies, and the doctor tells him that he'll be transporting 33 of their greatest scientific minds. Um, This is trippy. Yeah. And then he goes on to explain the method and says that they've condensed the brain into five ounces of fluid and then a clone is produced and they start a series of injections at age six. And then by age ten, they have full knowledge and memory of an experienced scientist. And then Luke is introduced to Dr. Bluttery, <laughs> the one who developed <laughs> the procedure. Oh. Yeah, he, he's not so great at names for the most part. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but yeah, th- I liked this little uh, bit here. I just wish I would have done more with it later. Yeah. Because this is where it ends. Oh, yeah. There's no mention of it later at all. Yeah, it's such a cool little concept that I kind of wish they would have explored, but um, he yeah. only kind of slightly uh, brings it back in, um, what is it, episode two, where uh, Obi-Wan goes to Jango Fett and sees all the like the clone army being produced and stuff um yeah but i don't know i think i think this would be a very cool thing to explore further definitely um, oh um i was just wondering just now on this read through mm-hmm. i was wondering if maybe this is one of their methods for increasing a lifespan by 200 years oh yeah that could be cuz honestly he said expanding life by 200 mm-hmm. years. I read 200 years. I'm like, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Come on, George. Yeah. But then, like, right here, you're basically recycling your brain mm-hmm. into another body, yep. which is, you know, dark and awesome all at the same time. Yeah. I think they do mention, like, an empty clone. Mm-hmm. It's, like, not a real... You're not, like, possessing <laughs> a child or anything. And, you know... This just popped into my brain, but in episode four, in the final movie, um, Obi-Wan says, uh, he he mentions they fought with his father in the Clone Wars. And in episode two, we find out the Clone Wars is just, you know, whatever. But... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what... (laughs) But (laughs) 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 
but uh, yes, this is a much this is a much more but, substantial clone but, war that could happen. I, I, what I just thought of, I, I actually thought of an idea that is like a million times better than what he actually did with the Clone Wars. Is what if they were trying? They there was a big war trying to get this technology of cloning people, which is basically what this movie is. And yeah. um, but that would be it. Wouldn't be like a Clone War involving the use of clones to fight the war, but a war over the cloning technology. Yes. I I don't know. I think he that, definitely dropped the ball on that one cuz he had all the source material right here to draw from but Oh yeah. That's well, a little late now, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Maybe you should start a web serial. Ah, yeah, there we go. Make your Fan own fiction. You could do that. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> I think you could do original. Yeah, oh, fun. this might be a good time to mention all the random numbers are thrown out. <laughs> like, uh, I remember they mentioned like point three zero four six somewhere for like a- anything they're doing. <laughs> like uh, damage to the Death Star, R 2s like, yeah, the uh, damage is, uh, what like increased by point four around this <laughs> area, and just like I don't know, everywhere they say all these numbers, I'm just like. George, you have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Stop acting like it. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know if you got the same way as I did. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. All right. Back to Hodak. Yeah, so we get back to Vader and Hodak, and they are at a <laughs> spaceport on Aquile, and their ship is being unloaded. And Vader says that there's already an expedition to the royal family's underground hideaway, and they should have them by nightfall. And then he reveals that Count Sandage is working for them. And then Luke tells Anakin that they'll take R2 and 3PO with them because they have very useful information about the Space Fortress. And I really like that reasoning. Um, yeah. And then they can, they can be trusted in that they can never harm a living creature and they must always give accurate information to anyone who asks. And they just have to remember not to tell them anything they don't want to fall into the wrong hands. And then Luke, Anakin, and Whitson will be posing as agricultural engineers, and he introduces himself as that to 3PO. So that's pretty smart. That was a very nice touch. Yeah, I like that they're like, posing as like people to like I don't know it feels like a heist movie you know <laughs> yeah yeah I agree with that um but yeah then the queen says goodbye to Leia and uh she doesn't like that Anakin is coming along but Luke <laughs> assures her that he's necessary and then uh Sandage blocks the speeders and is outraged and then Luke moves between him and the Queen, and Whitson and Anakin take defensive positions in front of Leia and her brothers. And then uh, the Queen says that they're being taken to safety, and Sandage says that they'll be safe here and they need to stay, and tells the troops to arrest Luke. And as the troops start to move, Luke draws his labor sword and cuts Sandage into, 
And the queen says to stop. And then everybody just puts their weapons away and bows to her. And then she hugs Luke and Ugh. Anakin and Whitson and then sends them on their way. So this is what the <laughs> second person who is cut in half. Yes. Um, third person who has died by lightsaber. Mm. Um, yeah. Much, much more death and <laughs> like I feel like yeah. in the final <laughs> movie they're more hesitant to actually like battle and like kill people. They just yeah. kind of like try to use their mind tricks to get their way and do everything yep. as peaceably as possible and then if it's necessary then they'll whip it out and start killing people um, <laughs> but in this they're just like any sign of trouble it's just Zero. like alright cut in half done no no, yep. no longer a problem here <laughs> um, well I, I will I will argue on this side of the fence that uh, Sandage his dialogue is the Empire has assured their safety that's true so that helps set up this conflict right here. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe uh, Luke kind of senses that he's part of the Empire or something, so... It just wasn't written in a script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then once they are uh, on their way and they're like pretty far away on the two different speeders, then there's suddenly an atomic flash... And the entire underground fortress crumbles into a crater. And then uh, further down in their travels, Anakin notices the that there's an Imperial invasion army over the ridge. And Luke says that they're headed for the fortress. And once they find it destroyed, they won't stop looking for them. And then they just kind of wait for the army to pass until they can move on. And then... Leia continues to be annoyed by Anakin. <laughs> the whole setup of um, Vader and Sandedge working together, mm-hmm. it felt a little clunky to me and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we see uh, Vader and Hodak on the planet. Yeah. But, but the whole fight between, well, just Sandedge and uh, Luke, it just felt unnecessary in the mm-hmm. long run. Especially considering the part that I had to reread three times to make sure I read it right was when they blew up the self-destruct for the uh, underground mm. base with the queen and everybody inside. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't tell you. I read that. I'm like, why? What? <laughs> what? Because I, I kept going back and forth, up and down. Like, did they really walk in just to self-destruct themselves mm. so that Skywalker could say it was the only way we could be safe from treachery. <laughs> to which I'm like, okay, did the queen set off the self-destruct or did Luke <laughs> do that on his own? Oh, that's true. Yeah, you never uh, never get oh, a straight answer on that a- one. Oh. Especially after he kills Sandage himself, mm. who apparently was the only one trying to stop these people from doing their thing. And now he says it's the only way we can be safe. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think so. <laughs> that, was that how you read it? Did you have to like? Um, did you understand? Uh, I th- 
Like, why? Well, I don't know. I guess I just kind of assumed that, like, all right, well, they needed to blow it up so that, I don't know, almost like the same thing as um, somebody taking a cyanide pill if they get captured by the enemy, but on a much greater scale. (laughs) Yeah. But... There was no reason for it. Because, I mean, it's not like Like, like they have any kind of information well it's the war room man yeah. they have everything but why oh because i guess it was only the queen and luke that um talked about what will be happening like what the plan is for yeah so i guess they didn't really need to it's not like they anybody else was going to be able to tell them where they were going. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the only place they can go anyway is the Gordon Space Station. Everything else is wiped out, apparently. Um, But yeah, as far as someone, like, being tortured for information, I don't know how they could have helped at all. Well, maybe maybe later on, yeah. But still, that's a drastic (laughs) measure. Yeah. Like, seriously... Because I, oh, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe yeah. I read that. Because uh, all of a sudden, uh, I just assumed they like, they nuked the base themselves and, you know, went into hiding. Mm-hmm. But then the uh, Leia starts crying about it later. That's when I went back up. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> they just suicide packed themselves. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, um, I liked the uh, visual of you know. Anakin crawling up the dune to look at the army on the other mm, side. Yeah, it's just like obviously yes. Um, that's always a nice visual to see the army yeah. <laughs> that you're going up against with five people or mm. whatever. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of like a western moment. Yeah, yeah, they've got all sorts of tanks and just you know general um, troops and stuff. War, yeah, war machines mm. and whatnot. And they got their people riding dune birds. Yeah, which I just picture chocobos. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I kind of just pictured the things that they ride in the, um, in the actual movie. Those those oh. weird things. I mean, they're more of like lizard, dinosaur yeah, creatures, right. but put feathers on them. It looks the same. Put <laughs> more feathers like a on them. giant turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But yeah. um, Oh. Chickaboo. And they do mention uh, hundreds of troops ride one man jet sticks, which we see in Return of the Jedi. Yes. And I like how at the end of the little description of the whole uh, army, it is an awesome sight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lucas is just writing this. He's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) Love this. It's another thing about, like, a typewriter back then. You can't really <laughs> fix it if you're, like... Yeah. Uh, well, you can, but still. Just left <laughs> it in there. Yeah. Um, all right, so we go into the the library, the King's Library next. Um, so it's been converted into an office for Darth Vader. And uh, Prince Valor... Huh? Says, 
It says General Vader now. I just saw. That. Oh yeah, he. Sorry. I think he does just switch over to saying General Vader. <laughs> he he does that a lot. He'll unless Darth is his first name. I think it this. is. It must be. But yeah, he he definitely switches Sorry. uh what he calls people in the script several times. Yeah. Um gets a little confusing, but yeah, we'll see. Yep. Um But yeah, so Prince Valorum comes in, who is a black knight of the Sith, and he enters dressed in the black and chrome uniform of the Sith one hundred. The fascist black and chrome yes. uniform. <laughs> it says that in yep. the script. And uh, for oh. this Prince Valorum, uh, the only casting that I've thought of really would be like maybe Hugh Jackman. I don't know. Huh. It, it doesn't um. really have a description. <laughs> so, no, so not I just, at all, I just actually. tried to think of somebody that could play like a knight or something. I don't know. I don't know. Might as well just be Ray Parker. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that's unaware, it'd be Darth Maul. Yeah, so then uh, Vader tells him that he has every resource at his disposal and asks if he really thinks Luke is a Jedi. And Valorum says that if Luke wasn't a Jedi, Valorum wouldn't be there. And I, I like it. this uh, kind of... I don't know. It feels like... Um, I don't know what what am I trying to think of. It's like they have to bring in this specialist to hunt down this guy, you know. Like, um, I don't know. He's almost almost like a fixer, you know. Like, yeah. Um, I, don't, I can't think of a specific example, but like, I don't know. I I just really like that, you know. He's like, I'm like the best of what I do, and I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna solve this problem you got. Yep. But yeah, it's <laughs> nice. It's a nice intro, and just so weird yeah. to have Vader call in a a Sith Knight. Yeah, and it's so weird that like they don't <laughs> they th- they think of Jedi as a myth, but the Sith. <laughs> I but know. The Sith, like, what are the Sith then? They're, they're the exactly. same thing, but like the bad guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh so, man, I'm right there with you. Anyway, um, Anakin and Whitson are uh, pilots uh, for their respective speeders, and they um, they go through the desert at night. And then Anakin says that he's low on fuel, and Luke tells him that there's a fuel station uh, nearby. And they arrive at the fuel station, and then Anakin and Whitson enter in their farmer outfits and it seems to be deserted and then they find the attendant and his family hanging upside down tortured to death and they cut them down cover them and grab some power packs and then as they head out the door they run into a stormtrooper um yeah so that's uh, pretty brutal imagery there yep <laughs> <laughs> was not expecting that uh, nope uh, came across that I was like uh, <laughs> yep. That's what it says. That's exactly yep. what it says. It's another one you just had to reread it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, then the trooper pulls them out of the station, and they discover a large group of troopers surrounding the speeders. And Luke puts on an act of being a senile old man. 
and which works yeah and then Whitson tells the sergeant that they're out of power and they just needed to refuel and then the sergeant asks for their travel passes and Whitson gives him a small round disc that he puts into a reader and then the sergeant says that all power has been restricted but Luke says that if they don't refuel then they're forced to stay out there and they become the sergeant's responsibility and then the sergeant tells them just to take two fuel packs and then leave quickly and as they glide through the desert on their speeders Luke says to keep an eye out because if they run an analysis on those passes then they'll come after them and then an Anakin notices a row of troopers on strange dune birds approaching and it's a patrol and Luke says that they should split up and meet again further down um, because why not yeah <laughs> uh, then Luke's speeder moves through the ravine and they are stopped by five waiting troopers sitting on their dune birds and then they bluff their way past them and ask Anakin what his status is and then he approach. He said, uh, "He says that he's approaching five troopers, and then suddenly uh, Luke and them see the patrol coming back towards them. And then they stop the speeder and jump out, readying their laser pistols. And then uh, the troopers have their swords drawn and come at full charge. I'm assuming is it laser swords that they have? I think so. Because it doesn't. I don't think it says laser swords." But why would they just have normal swords? Um, uh, I was pretty sure they said laser swords. See. I could be wrong. Um, no, it just it says here, uh, the general and his captain jump from the transport with laser pistols drawn. The patrol bears down on them, swords drawn at full charge. That'd be Ma- very weird if they're not laser swords. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe at this he, point he means by this wording that the swords are at full charge as laser swords. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still I'm still hung up on this. Uh, like I told you about the random numbers. Mm. I'm just like, come on, stop it. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> right here, uh, Luke says, "You stay on a direct course. We'll meet you at the western edge of Ravine twenty three dash sixty four." How many ravines are there, Luke? Yeah. I'll just... Oh, these little things get to me. <laughs> yeah, just come up with a name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or not at all. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Meet up at the ravine. There you go. Yep. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, then uh, Whitson and Luke open up fire, and they take out two of the troopers, and then as the other three troopers reach them... Luke gets out his laser sword and cuts two of them down. And then the last one runs away, which is a smart move on the part of a bad guy. You see everybody else get taken out. Don't try to be the antihero. Just (laughs) just run away. There's no... I I just like to point out how awesome the the guns are right here. Mm. Because it says here... uh, Whenever uh, Anakin and uh, Whitson shoot, two of the troopers and their doombirds explode in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> Why bother with the laser swords? Oh yeah, absolutely! Like, 
don't man. make your guns that much more powerful that you don't want to use <laughs> the lightsabers. Yeah, it's just... these these guns are much better than the blasters <laughs> in the movie. In the movie, like the blasters, just you know maybe makes a little hole in the guy or yeah. you know whatever, and they just fall over. But this just basically instantly disintegrates them. Yeah, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh man. Um. So yeah. So then, uh, Luke hops onto one of the now unmanned Dune birds and rides after the last guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then Anakin gets on the comm and warns them that two more riders are coming their way um, because he couldn't he couldn't get the last two. And Luke catches up to the last trooper and kills him. And then he rounds the corner of the ravine and sees the other two troopers. And then before they can even swing their swords, he kills them both. Um, let me just double check and make sure he didn't cut them in half. Just it to, doesn't say that. It doesn't say cut in half. The troopers are no match for the general who kills them both before they are even able to swing their swords. Okay. Period. All right. Just making sure we're, our uh, cut in half <laughs> count is it right throughout this thing. I know, right? Um, but yeah, the body count is steadily climbing. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love how Luke just charges after. He's like, nope, you're not getting away. <laughs> yep. He does not give a shit. He is going for it. He, I love he's it. so aggressive in this script. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, if Jack Bauer had the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then uh, Anakin is mildly hurt and Leia insults him. And then Luke tells him that he missed <sighs> two of them and to not let it happen again. <laughs> and then Valorum is informed that the patrol was lost. Valorum is unfazed by this and tells Vader that they're headed for the spaceport at Gordon and that he's going there. Uh, How does anyone get mildly hurt with these laser swords? And, and it says Anakin is wounded. Yeah, from, it just says uh, he's wounded. Blood streams from his left arm. Yeah. With with laser swords, that would instantly cauterize you. And yeah. Gun, guns that <laughs> blow you up. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm thinking that for whatever reason, these troopers had normal swords, which yeah. is, is the worst possible weapon in this universe. <laughs> Yep. When you, everybody oh. has laser pistols and laser swords, you're just, yeah. I don't know, way you out of You don't even have route. to be a Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody it's has like them. Everybody has the laser swords in, in this one. Which they never even showed you anybody uh, deflecting a blast with the sword. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So there's no reason to assume that the sword is even a better choice. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, so then we have Luke and Whitson. They go to the cantina, and they leave Anakin and the rest at a, a distance away. And as when Luke enters, it's almost <laughs> word for word the exact same as it is in the movie, except yep. that Luke gets to be both Luke and Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, after his exchange with the guy who wants to kill him, he just pulls out his sword and chops his arm off. And then I believe this is another cut in half. 
Oh, yeah, this is uh, uh, cut in half the other way. Because um, it says, The general's laser sword sparks to life. An arm lies on the floor. The rodent is cut in two. So that's the third cut in two. And, a, and the large, multiple-eyed creature lies doubled, cut from chin to groin. So I feel like that counts as another cut in half. Just the other... Yeah, it's just a, it's just a vertical line yeah. instead of horizontal. All right, so that's four. Four people cut in half. <laughs> We're halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just... The only waste here is how much time they don't spend in the cantina. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because after he kills these guys, he leaves. Yeah, pretty... Literally, because... Yeah. Um, well, you're, we're almost there, but yeah. So he leaves. Yep, pretty much. He sees Han in the doorway, and then uh, Han leaves, and then Luke follows after him with Whitson. Um, <laughs> you, you old star dog. <laughs> Took a war to get you out here. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, so Luke meets Han in the alleyway outside. And Han Solo is a huge green-skinned monster with no nose and large gills. So, essentially, he looks a little like Greedo from the movie. That's exactly <laughs> what I pictured. Because at first I thought, is he supposed to be Jabba? Oh, yeah. But no. Then you said about the rest of it. I'm like, wow, okay, so Han mm-hmm. is Greedo. Yep. And no point in even trying to figure out casting for him because it's just going to nope. be in a suit. <laughs> Ex- except maybe uh, that guy that Guillermo del Toro uses a lot. Oh, the... I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember what he's I know who you mean. Yeah. It's the uh, guy that plays all those creatures in his movies that you never see his face. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, then um, then Whitson arrives with the rest of the crew, and then Luke asks Han how Starkiller is and says Anakin is his son. This is the point that I realized that this whole time <laughs> Anakin was being called Starkiller in the script. Because Oh, this is when you found out? Yeah, because this whole time I'd been reading Starkiller and that's how he had been talking about uh Kane this whole time. Yeah. And then he just switched over to using that name for Anakin. And then yeah. here he's like, How is Starkiller? And I'm like what the? What are you talking about? Star Killer's been right <laughs> next to you this whole time, and uh, then, um, and then it says putting his arm around the young Captain Star Killer. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you asking about this guy that's right next to you? And then he says, this is his son, and I'm like, oh, that's what happened. See, I was confused too, but I actually figured it out after he decked Leia. Oh, uh, okay. That's where I put it together. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had the exact same reaction <laughs> as you, but obviously I wasn't that far into it, yeah. so it wasn't quite as bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I just imagined this older guy punching out little girls. and <laughs> <laughs> I was just, yeah. Made it's it so made much, it much worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, way to go, George. <laughs> then uh, Han takes them to his slum dwelling and they talk so they can talk privately. And the. That is the name of the scene heading. 
slum ha- slum yeah, dwelling. Slum dwelling. Livi- living area. <laughs> <laughs> and then they are reunited with Kane. And they send R2 and 3PO into another room so that they can discuss plans. Um, and then... He stayed consistent with yeah, that. Yeah, it's very good. Um, then a young hotshot named Akko wants to attack... He just wants to attack the Empire. Just go for it. You know, why not? <laughs> yep. And then Luke says that there's no point until they can take down the Death Star, which is the one and only mention of it by that name I believe I think yeah I think you're right because I read that I'm like well that just took me out of it because it's whole it's been the space fortress this whole yeah time. I don't know it just seemed weird for him to just call it that yeah um it's like did you come up with that <laughs> yeah I did um but then Han says that they'll uh just proceed as they have planned and not do Akko's plan of just doing a full-on attack. And then another member of the underground named Quist lays out the plan for the crew and says they'll have to travel as the crew of a Baltarian freighter and place the two boys in suspended animation hidden in shielded micropacks. And it's the only way to get them past the scanners. And he says that he hasn't been able to acquire the power packs since power supplies have become restricted and Han says that he might know somebody who can get them um, so then we cut to Valorum overlooking the torture of some uh, Aquilian citizens and Han and Anakin cautiously move past some Imperial stormtroopers and make their way into a shabby hideout and Luke and Whitson and Dados, who is another underground member, are assembling the two micro packs, which reminded me a lot of the scene in Terminator, where uh, Sarah and um, Reese are assembling the uh, pipe bombs. It just, I don't know, it just kind yeah. of felt like that scene, like them, you know, assembling things. But yeah. anyway. Uh, then Han and Anakin come in with only one power pack and they say that it's all they could get and Han says that one of the boys will have to stay and Dados says whichever boy doesn't go must be destroyed (laughs) (laughs) it's so drastic (laughs) yep he just he oh man! <laughs> it's like all right. This is such a ridiculous can't scene. Take this boy, so he's just gonna kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. Then uh, Luke just says, "Yeah, that's not happening." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Whitson proposes using R 2s power pack, but Luke says that it's not compatible. And then Kane says that they can use his power pack. And he opens his tunic and rips the power pack from his chest, and then he dies. And yep. <laughs> and then they put the boys to sleep and squeeze them into the micro packs. And Anakin oh. uh, mourns his father's death, and Leia comes into the room and tells him that she's sorry. And she tries to display affection for him, but breaks down crying and runs out of the room. And then Anakin is unfazed and continues on his medica- 
his meditation. Medication. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. I I don't know why. I could not take Kane's death seriously. Yeah. Were you, was it bad for you too? Yeah, it was. I don't know. Something off about it. Well, I, I just watched a comedy too mm-hmm. right before I picked up for my mm-hmm. break. But just the idea of him just being like, here. They're just like falling on the table. Yeah. It's just like. It happened so fast. How could. I couldn't even process yeah. it. Yeah, it just. It was just comedically fast for me, actually. Yeah. I was just like. What? That, they didn't even look at R2's power pack. How did they even know? <laughs> or see, 3PO. Mm. They even mentioned yeah. him. But uh, anyway, uh, Kane, as he's dying, uh, well, it does say everyone is taken by surprise after he rips mm. the unit and puts it on the table. Yeah. Trust my, ju- trust my judgment, son. Serve your new teacher well. Then he's like wheezing to death. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, an honorable death, my friend. May the force of others be with you. Kane, star killer, passes on to the other world. <laughs> everyone is st- Everyone is stunned, <laughs> as well as me, because I couldn't believe I read it that quickly. It yeah. was just, I don't. I don't know why. It was just yeah, it seems to go by too fast, and and then they don't really like everything. Um, I mean, they have Anakin like brooding about it in the other room later, but like overall, they don't really have anybody react to it or talk about yeah. it at all. It's just like, yeah. oh, this guy died, whatever, let's go on. <laughs> yep. Oh. No, I, I like this part, too. Um, uh, Starkiller takes his father in his arms and is followed out of the room by Han and Dados, to which Luke yells, prepare the boys, we have little time. <laughs> it would have been nice if Kane waited until they were prepared oh, yeah. to do this. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's what caught me off guard. Yeah, he's being a little selfish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't want to deal with this anymore. Grip. Oh. Oh, did you mention the boys' names are uh, like the two princes? Yeah. Are Biggs and yeah, Lindy? Yeah, I, I mentioned them earlier, but yeah. Okay. Biggs yeah. gets recycled as a pilot in the yeah. final script. <laughs> but Wendy, I guess, I don't know. Never made yeah. it. I'm just convinced he has a dartboard of names. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, I think we're, I think we're good to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, this is so weird. <laughs> yeah, and and Leia's interaction with Anakin is so strange because <laughs> uh, she says I'm sorry, and then he does not respond. She is moved by his sorrow and starts to touch the side of his face but can't bring herself to do it. Her royal training is too strong to let her show her true affection for Starkiller. She breaks down and runs from the room. <laughs> like, I feel like visually this scene would be very, very weird. Like, she just she just comes in. She's like, I'm sorry. Starts to, like, move her hand towards his face and then just runs out of the room. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems more like a Saturday Night Live skit than... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. But just visually, uh, yeah. George Lucas is not known for his poignant 
touching moments. As <laughs> <laughs> showcased perfectly yep. here. Yeah, this this whole uh you know, re- their relationship here is very uh reminiscent of the f- what will become Anakin and Padme later in episode one and two and three. Mm. Um, even as far as the age difference, because Anakin is 18 here and she is 14. Uh, yep. Let's keep that in mind as we continue. This. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, I think George, George forgot that as he was writing this, I, just I honestly so. think he just was like, I think she's like 18 or so. It seems about right. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, uh so then the rebel group makes their way through the chaotic spaceport at Gordon and Han says they've changed their boarding procedures and he doesn't like it. And at the boarding <laughs> gate they show their passes to an officer and the officer asks about their component receipts. He hands they hand him two more discs and after checking them out they are let through uh the scanner and they go to the freighter. And Anakin says he doesn't like the feel of this, and Luke tells him his senses are strong. Uh, wait, hold on, I like I like his line here. Um, let me see where where is it here? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right there. He says, uh, Anakin says I don't like the feel of this, and then Luke says your senses are strong. It's a very small disruption. And like he he's like, yeah, you got some good senses, but. I wouldn't worry about this. This is only a small, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Which follows up again yeah. to Anakin. It's a night of the Sith. Back to Luke. Possibly <laughs> stay on alert. Warn the others. Man, Anakin's right. You gotta give him that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Luke's too old. He's just like yeah. oh, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> got so much going on. <laughs> He's just falling asleep the whole time anyway. <laughs> seemingly. Yeah, <laughs> seemingly falling asleep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, but yeah. yeah, then inside the spacecraft, uh, Whitson checks the packs and says that Biggs is losing power faster than normal. And then Han and Luke enter the pilot's chamber and greet the captain, who is obscured. And then four armed troopers enter the room with their laser swords drawn. And um, Han, I guess, is also a Jedi because I think it mentions. Mm. It does mention that somewhere, I um, believe. Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think when they says, start. Uh, uh, the two Jedi turn to face him. Yes. Yep, the two old Jedi. Yep, they are both Jedis in this. But I guess if it's if they're not if I don't know if it's just more of like a military role <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's how I've been sense, taking but, it. Yeah. So well, I guess if Jedi is based on samurai, if you think about it in that sense, it makes yeah. it, it makes it easier to follow here. I agree um, with that. But yeah, the captain then moves out of the shadows and is revealed to be Valorum. And Han and Luke draw their swords, and they make short work of the four Imperial troopers. And then Valorum says over the comm that the prisoners were taken to hold B, and gas was necessary. 
Then Han and Luke drop their weapons, and the six guards enter wearing face masks and bind them in chrome microcuffs. Which I, I don't know. Are they smaller handcuffs than usual? Because I feel like <laughs> handcuffs have to be a... You know, they have to be the size of a hand. You know, they can, right. it's not like they can be any smaller. So, I don't know. He's just trying to make stuff what? up to sound futuristic, I think. He is, because that's exactly what I thought about the micro packs. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're you're hiding children <laughs> in these. It's not like they're the size of, like, a Hot Pocket or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, then... Oh, yeah. The gas is called Jai Gas. Jai Gas, yeah. <laughs> it can't just be gas. Oh, man. Ugh. Oh, yeah, and then Valorum orders them to be taken to hold G because he doesn't want them with the others, which is a smart okay, move. That makes sense. Yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, he's definitely got his act together. Think- <laughs> yes, he does. I like how he doesn't even try to, like, fight them. Yeah. He just immediately goes to the gas. <laughs> Yeah, this is... I, I don't know. I, I like the this guy as a villain. Definitely. He definitely knows what he's doing much more than any other villain in this script. <laughs> he's the only one that takes the, bad, the good guy seriously. Yeah, it's true. Even if he is dressed as a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then uh, R2 and C-3PO, they see Luke being carted off and they follow after him. And then as the convoy passes cell B, Han and Luke let out a scream, leap to the ceilings, breaking their cuffs on the light fixtures, and then land on the troops, breaking the necks of four of them. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) body count is skyrocketing exponentially here. Uh, And then they grab their laser swords and cut down the last four. Man, I tell you, these stormtroopers in this are even worse than in the final movie <laughs> somehow yes. like, they all have laser swords that they i don't know but they're they're just like they don't even get a chance to do anything <laughs> like they can't get their swords out they can't get their guns out yep. they can't fire a shot before they're all cut in half by these old guys <laughs> yeah they are old guys oh man oh yeah, breaking the necks of four guards <laughs> with expertly placed Jedi blows. What does that mean? Uh, you don't have to be a Jedi to... <laughs> you don't have to be a Jedi to fall on somebody <laughs> and break their neck. <laughs> it's falling with style. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. Uh, oh, that right, I can yep. see Tim Allen being Luke. Wow. No. No. <laughs> Has Tim Allen ever killed anybody on screen? Uh, just probably wondering. not, yeah. I don't imagine so. Uh, yeah, nobody's cut in half. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like they cut... I feel like he uh, cuts down on it, so to speak, yeah. at this point. <laughs> he just resorts to... Uh, shorthand of hey he cuts these guys down he kills four guys yep. they kill four guys it's all good <laughs> I know he just escalates <laughs> their skills throughout the whole script um yes oh here's the the cutters oh yeah here. yeah um then uh Han grabs a card from one of the guards 
and he heads for cell B. And then Luke stops him and informs him that there are cutters in front of the door. And he tosses one of the dead troopers against the cell door and the red rays engulf his body, holding it there. And then Han opens the door and Luke throws another body into the doorway. (laughs) (laughs) And then Anakin and Whitson and Leia squeeze through without touching the rays. And I love it. Oh man, I love Luke so much in this. <laughs> He's just like tossing dead bodies like it's nothing. He, he is the Jedi Jack Bauer. Oh yeah. Seriously. He has no remorse for anything. No. Complete disregard. Yeah. <laughs> I could see him like talking to Anakin later. How'd you get the princess? I decked her. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> That's what I would have done. I don't know. I feel like Luke might have even taken more extreme measures somehow. I don't know what he would have done. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. He probably would have shot one of the uh, her handmaids or something. <laughs> Get a dust beater. Uh, but yeah, then uh, they all pick up weapons as they leave, and then Luke sends Whitson and Anakin to find the boys. <laughs> then Luke, Han, and Leia head to the main hatch. Um, yeah, and then uh, Whitson and Anakin have no luck in one of the storage areas and then the others reach the main hatch and Han says it's too late they're about to take off then Luke tells 3PO to get the hatch open and 3PO starts pushing buttons on the control panel and then (laughs) Whitson and Anakin find the boys in a series of electro closets but troops are coming and they duck into a passageway as the troops pass by I'm, a, I'm surprised they didn't just whip out their swords and cut all of them in half. <laughs> the, well, there was a line, uh, be careful to avoid combat uh, or something like that, because they'll just gas the whole ship. Oh, uh, yeah. He said something like that. But, you know, breaking <laughs> four guys' necks won't alert anybody. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Oh. While we're here, while we're here, I just want to mention one quick thing. Okay, how he meant he throws two bodies into the cutters. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Lukeston has put two more fences up somewhere to get rid of the other two bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just awfully convenient. <laughs> but yeah, um electric closets. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then on the bridge, uh the pilot is making final checks and sees that uh, the main hatch light is on and he asks if it is secure over the intercom and Luke answers saying to give him a minute to check it out yep and uh, I think that's as, I think that's as close as we get to Han going on the intercom <laughs> yeah um, I think this oh uh, yeah this is uh, ge- the general gives a wink to Han <laughs> like he I think he's winked before too. Uh, really? I, I think I he winked several it. times at people throughout this script. It's just strange. I don't know. This is the only one I was aware of yeah. that I can remember. Um, I like, I like, I like how he has to wink here, yeah, just in case the audience <laughs> doesn't get it. Um, yeah. But then uh, on their way to the hatch, Anakin and Whitson encounter some Imperial troops, but blow them to smithereens with their blasters. Yeah, let me just uh, double check. Uh, yep, they just 
pull out their laser pistols and fire at the troops and giant explosion and mm-hmm. then they disintegrate them um, it says <laughs> when the smoke clears the troops have been destroyed yep um, yeah a few laser bolts are returned but streak harmlessly overhead <laughs> and explode out of range <laughs> Oh man! Ugh. Yeah. Then Luke says that, uh, <laughs> or no, wait. Han and Luke and the others hear the commotion, and the alarms start going off. Then the hatch, but no gas. Yep. Then the hatch starts to close, and Luke says that they can't wait, and they exit the ship. And Anakin and Whitson round the corner, and then squeeze through the closing hatch, just like uh, Indiana Jones. Yep. And then uh, a following trooper gets caught and crushed in the closing hatch. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is just—I love it. <laughs> I feel like every time you see a bad guy die doing like a heroic stunt, like in their mind they're the hero. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, just like this is gonna be so awesome. <laughs> oh. oh man! Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, then uh, they head through various corridors and the group happens upon some troops at a restricted passageway. And then uh, Luke, Anakin, and Whitson charge the troops and fire their laser pistols and the troops disappear in an explosion. <laughs> um, then so ridiculous. <laughs> further on, they see some more guards in front of an Imperial starship, and uh, but there are some cutters between them. And they send R2 over to draw them out. And R2 just starts causing a ruckus. And the guard shuts off the cutters and approaches. And then the two guards are taken down, but only unconscious this time, by Whitson Mm -hmm. and Anakin. And then the group enters the starship. And Han takes out a bunch of crew members on his way to the bridge. And Anakin and Whitson enter the ship wearing the imperial uniforms off the guards they knocked out and then uh they fend off a search party um by you know bluffing their way saying that they're you know the guards and then in the ship 3PO is blathering into an intercom pretending to be the pilot and issuing takeoff (laughs) instructions and he says he doesn't think that they'll buy it and then Luke says they'll have to go through the silo cover because there's no way that they'll open it. And Anakin and Whitson break the cover and run into the ship, and the troops try to follow them but are killed by the cutters. Yeah. And then the gang all get into the life pods on the ship and take off, crashing through the roof. <laughs> so I guess they can pilot the ship in the life pods, I think. I don't know, that's... Wait, see, is that or maybe maybe really? there was somebody still in the pilot seat. I don't know, hmm. or maybe it was three PO or something. Yeah, I thought three PO was in the pilot seat. Oh, uh, okay. With uh, Luke, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of them are in their life pods. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so then, um, <clears throat> so then they're flying away, and five hunter destroyer starships follow after them. And Whitson and Anakin put the micropacks into a life pod and strap them in. And Leia tells Anakin that she loves him. And <laughs> Anakin shuts her down pretty hard, and then she runs away again. Yep. 
<laughs> and um, the ship is nearing Yavin, which is a familiar name. And then Luke tells 3PO to set a course for it. And Anakin realizes something and goes to Whitson. He says where Leia... He asks where Leia is and says she loves him and he just realized that he loves her. <laughs> I guess Lucas was like, oh man, I'm running out of script time here. I gotta... I gotta make this happen. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Oh, it's yeah! A- like I like the, the first time she says "I love you." Stop acting like a child and start behaving like a queen. <laughs> what is this silly talk of love? Now straighten up again to a life pod. Yep. To which he later is like, "Oh no, I shouldn't have said that." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Come on, George. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then Whitson discourages him from, you know, doing this. And he says that you're asking for trouble. She's queen. You're a warrior. Do you even know what you're saying? And uh, then before the conversation goes any further, they are hit by proton torpedoes. And Luke tells them to get to the guns, and they do so. So, reminiscent of in the Millennium Falcon scene where Luke and Han get in their guns. Um, Then Luke tells 3PO to turn the ship around to face the attackers, and the enemy ships open fire, and Luke gives some evasive maneuver orders. Then they fly directly toward the enemy ships and duck under them at the last second. And Anakin is impatient, waiting for the order to fire, and decides to just go for it. And soon after, the signal lights flash on, saying that they can fire, and then Whitson starts firing as well. And then they take down one of the destroyers. And Luke gets on the comm and reprimands Anakin. And... Then Han says they have a weakened shield on the port turret, and Luke tells them tells him to get Anakin out of there. Han issues the warning, but Anakin switches off the comm and signals to Whitson that something must be wrong with it. And then the enemy ships run another assault, and Luke lights up the signal, and Anakin and Whitson return fire. And one enemy laser hits Anakin's turret and blows a hole in it, sucking everything into space. And Anakin only remains uh, by a lifeline, but he's, like, being pulled out of the ship. And Leia rushes to help him, but faces a locked door. And Luke has 3PO turn the ship around for another attack and tells R2 to help with Anakin. Han says that at least six more crafts are approaching and Luke orders 3PO to change course directly through an asteroid belt. Another familiar sequence. Um, Whitson destroys an enemy ship that's trying to attack Anakin and then R2 makes his way across the outside of the ship and then pulls Anakin inside just as they make their way into the asteroid belt. And the asteroids start causing a great deal of damage to the ship and Luke tells them to abandon the turrets and secure themselves. And then everybody makes their way into the life pods again. And the asteroids actually do a lot of damage to the ship. 
And yep. then Whitson uh, straps a, uh, Anakin, who is now dazed, into a life pod. And then he tells Anakin, he tells Leia that Anakin's feelings for her are dangerous and she should discourage him. Which, at this point, she does not know that he had feelings for him. Um, because why would she? And yep. then uh, the ship makes it into orbit around Yavin and they start ejecting their pods. Anakin has a problem getting his pod to eject, but eventually uh, R2 gets it to work, and then they do eject. But Whitson starts having the same problem, um, and he's in the same pod as Leia. And so he says the power's out, and he sees the damaged cable that's causing the problem, and then goes to fix it. And... Uh, then he sacrifices himself to make sure that Leia's life pod ejects. And after she's off, the ship explodes, and Anakin cries over Whitson's death, which is more than he did for his own father. (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is a a much more well-handled death than the uh, Kane yeah because you know it actually you know I don't know it's a similar thing of sacrificing yourself but this something's different about it yeah definitely well I like first of all uh, they set up um, that what's in his uh, turret he can't rotate it vertically Mm. so he starts uh, messing with the controls until it's all good Mm mm-hmm so I thought that made sense later whenever he had to reroute his own stuff for oh, the yeah. Leia's life pod. Because, like, at the time, he was working with the turret, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. He's, you know... Everybody, I feel like everybody in this universe knows how to rewire shit. <laughs> but um, then I think about it, not really. But uh, And then he goes and does this thing with his engineering skills or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just sorry that his last words had to be about um, this and love, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, like when most people die, like sacrifice themselves is usually a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what the difference was here because I think Kane was kind of like forcing this on everybody. He's like, my death is going to have meaning here. Yeah. Whereas uh, I feel like Whitson just kind of like, I think he pulled the short straw, but he was okay with it at the time. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's like Whitson's just like, all right, I got to do what I got to do, and he just does it, and then, yep. you know, he dies. But with Kane, he was like, I'm going to save everybody. He rips this <laughs> thing out of the chest, and he's like, yes, I'm a hero. I'm dying for a noble cause. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you can tone it. He didn't give anybody any time <laughs> to find another power pack. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I actually felt an impact with what's in here. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, that's probably the most emotional I got over the whole script, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It also helps that he's kind of been a part of everything for a longer time, and yeah, but yeah, and uh, yeah, Annika does try to steer his life pod back to the ship to get him. Yeah, but it's not enough time. There's no chance. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I like how Yavin is where they defeated the Death Star. In episode four, I believe. The Battle of Yavin, I believe. Yes, that's where they um, met to discuss the plans to go up to the Death Star. 
That was yeah. like the and the Death Star was already going there for them, because the uh, the Death Star was rotating around another planet to get a clear shot at the base. Yavin is where the Rebel base is, and yes. they had just discovered where the Rebel base was, and they were going to destroy it. So yeah, Yavin now instead of being the Rebel base is now the home of the uh, Chewbacca people. Yeah. So um, yep, but that might be spoilery. What, what what is a spoiler? It wasn't even made. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like that? Yeah, it's like how do you spoil something <laughs> that nobody's ever going to no- see? <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So Han and Luke's pods land in uh, the jungle on Yavin, and Han says that Wendy's power unit is very low, and Luke says that. Uh, They'll head south to find a place to revive them. And Anakin's life pod crash lands in the forest of the Gargantuans. And he's awakened by an insect creature trying to eat him. And he squashes it. And then R2 tells him that Leia landed about 800 meters away. And so uh, Luke takes Windy out of his micro pack and he looks lifeless. And they put a respirator on Windy's mouth and electrodes on his heart. And after some tense moments, the boy regains consciousness, but loses it again. And then they siphon power from Big's pack to perform CPR. And Wendy finally awakens. And then Anakin and R2 find Leia's life pod, but it's empty, and the footprints around it suggest that she's been taken by somebody. And Biggs and Wendy sleep in a cave while Luke scans the valley with electro binoculars <laughs> and he sees some kind of structure and says that they should investigate it while they're on their way and uh, then Anakin stumbles upon some trappers who have some Wookiees hanging upside down and another trapper emerges with a half naked Leia held unconscious over his head Keep in mind, she's 14 years old. 14. (laughs) (laughs) I have to keep reminding you of that because it might not seem like that from a lot of the things that happen. Um, But yeah, then Anakin, enraged, attacks the trappers and pretty much annihilates most of them. And Mm. actually, wait, let's do a cut in half check just to make sure that we don't add any more to the list here. He cuts down three. Then a shirtless trapper runs away with Leia into a jungle crawler. Okay. Two other trappers reach for their pistols, but the Jedi has killed them before their weapons can clear leather. Okay, so it doesn't actually say... Then the three remaining uh, have their pistols out and start firing. Um, blah, blah, blah. The Wookiees are freed by this. One of the trappers is caught in the crossfire and is blown apart. <laughs> Not quite two, but apart. Yep. So he's still got a decent body count here, but oh yeah, not uh, cut in half. So I just get disappointed when I'm reading all this, all this stuff, and um, like everybody's like just a regular human. <laughs> if, like there's very few aliens, yeah. and this bothers me. Yeah. So then, yeah, the Wookies help them, or you know, they're cut down. They help out, <laughs> and then Anakin is knocked unconscious. And the trappers leave, or the ones that are still alive, they leave, 
Uh, but a Wookiee named Chewbacca manages to snap one of them in two. There we go. Yep. <laughs> yep. There we go. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Snaps him in two like a stick of wood. Yep. So I, he literally breaks him apart. Yep. Like With his bare hands, he rips a man in half. <laughs> so I, I, I'll count that just because of how badass that is. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add that. So it's number five of people who have been... <laughs> Ri- uh, halved. Yeah, halved. <laughs> <laughs> I've been halved. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yo, oh, this is weird. The eight foot Chewbacca who resembles a huge gray bush baby yeah. <laughs> with fierce baboon like fangs. Mm-hmm. Huh. Little different. I forgot he was uh, I forgot he was gray in this. Yeah. And is Bush Baby a racial thing? That's what I was thinking at first, but I looked it up, and it's actually like some weird little kind of monkey. Okay, I'm glad you looked. Yeah, it's it's almost like a lemur. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Because how many black people are in the original Star Wars uh, aside from Lando? Uh, I don't think there's too many. There's a couple. I think a couple pilots, always... maybe. Yeah, you, you might be right. But yeah. Never anyone in the Empire. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> That's why it was such a big deal with the uh, the new um, Force Awakens. Mm, yeah, a black stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I, I did feel very awkward googling Bush Baby. I, just, <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to come up, but I was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know about this. Well, just back in this is what 74. This is written. Yeah, yeah I'm just like, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> don't even want to go there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, treehouse. Uh, yeah. Then another Wookiee named Dewana puts Anakin over his shoulder, and then the group of Wookies head into the woods. Uh, so Luke and his party arrive at the structure that they saw before, and it apparently belongs to an anthropologist named Owen Lars, who will be the name of Luke's uncle in the movie. Um, then the Wookiees return to their camp and put Anakin on a raised area in the middle of the clearing. And then uh, back to Luke. Him and the gang have dinner with Owen and his wife, Beru. And Owen informs them that there are no cities, only a few settlers and one Imperial outpost. And then... Uh, Anakin has a weird sparring match with a Wookiee named Jomilia, and Anakin proves himself to be a mighty warrior, and Chewbacca and his father bow to him, and then Anakin bows back, and the Wookiees cheer. Um, Anything you want to say about that? (laughs) I think I love Jomilia more than Chewbacca. (laughs) Because I think he throws him the weapon. Yeah. And he's like, come on. And, uh, yeah, they have their little fight mm-hmm. there. Because uh, he stretched before Starkiller boasting and taunting him with uh, with his spear and a battle axe. Yeah, Starkiller's just, like, yelling at these things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not even trying to be peaceful at all. <laughs> and, like, I think Jamalia is, like, I picture, like, the... Uh, the tiger gladiator in the movie gladiator mm. with the mask yeah. 
Like he's just really enjoying this. Because <laughs> yeah, slowly Jamalia begins to grin as they start fighting. I mm-hmm. think, and then he starts laughing. And <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing was just a little awkward. Yeah, but it's, it's I, I liked it at the same time. Place, maybe this whole planet seems out of place. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ever since they left uh, Aquila. I I just felt like it's, this filler started to come in. Yeah, definitely. Because it meandering. Oh. Yeah, I feel like George like shouldn't let them escape in the first place. Because <laughs> then he's just like, oh, I gotta fill out what thirty more pages <laughs> to make this full length. Yeah, that's how I felt reading mm-hmm. this. Um. So yeah. Anyway, then. Uh, Luke and Han head out to look for Anakin, R2, and Leia uh, while the rest stay with Owen. And and then during a Wookiee festival, R2 and Anakin leave quietly, but Chewbacca follows them. He just They try to tell him to just leave, leaves. but Chewbacca just keeps on following him like a weird puppy dog. Yep. And... Then Luke and Han stumble upon the dead trappers left by Anakin. And then at that moment, Anakin and R2 come out of the, into the clearing and see them. And then Chewbacca is hesitant when he sees Han and Luke. But then Han sees him and begins talking to him in his own language. And then Han comes back and tells the others that, that uh, his name is Chewbacca, son of Ozituk. Prince of the Sawas, and they've made Anakin a god. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that part. He just wakes up and starts fighting, and now he's a god. Maybe they just saw him, like, screaming and cutting everybody down. They're just like, whoa, what is going on? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What else would you think? He's, like, blowing people up, too. That's another thing. Yeah. So. Well... No, not really. Oh, yeah, he was shooting. The trappers, the trappers are blowing up. Yeah, I guess. They're blowing themselves up more. Yeah. Actually. But, yes, this whole concept of somebody becoming a god was turned into 3PO <laughs> in the third movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the gang then goes to the Imperial Outpost to get Leia back. And during their reconnaissance, they notice about 100 Wookiees amassed and ready for a siege. And Chewbacca says that they've tried to take the fortress several times, but were never successful. And Luke says, maybe they just need a little help. And then... Wink, wink. (laughs) Then Luke calls Biggs on the radio and tells them that they'll be a while. And then some troopers come to the house, and Biggs and 3PO hide in a trap door. And the stormtroopers tear the place apart and eventually find them. And I really did oh, yeah. like this scene. It reminded me a little of uh, the opening to Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I mean, less intense, obviously, but had that yeah, similar kind definitely. of feel. Oh, um, I like the uh, the seeker thing that the uh, trooper puts in there. Oh, yeah, that little um, drone thing. L- like, yeah, l- like mini probe. Yeah. A micro probe, <laughs> if you will. It's like it's like the probe <laughs> that you see in the beginning of Empire, but yes. like a lot smaller. What what's uh, what kind of animal did Biggs catch? Um, it's like a little rat thing, I think. 
Okay, it's actually called a thumper. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't help me at all. Um, and he named it Amber after his bodyguard on... Yeah, it says a furry rodent. So okay. I, I, I imagine, like, a rat that's kind of like the size of a small dog, maybe. Uh, I think they mentioned... Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, the furry rodent with uh, its eight stubby legs. Oh, yeah. And begins to growl. And it actually attacks the stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's about all we have. Mm. Interesting here. <laughs> yep. So then uh, Luke relays the plan to the group, and they set off to enact it. And Han relays the orders to the Wookiees, who all have reflective shields. And then uh, the tanks notice a large mass of Wookiees, and they open fire. And the Wookiees retreat and lead the tanks to the other Wookiees that are waiting. And they have a trap that lops off the antennas of the tanks so they can't communicate. And then the troopers discover that all their communications and power are gone. And uh, the pilot gets out of one of the tanks and sees that it's surrounded by Wookiees with reflective shields. And a trap yanks the pilot out and Anakin drops a gas grenade into the hatch. And then after the smoke clears, he jumps onto the tank. Wookiees remove the tank crew and Luke jumps into the tank with Anakin and they head out. And they attack another air tank outside the Imperial outpost, killing the officers manning it. Let's just double check. Um, <laughs> double check the cut in half count. I don't think they are. I think they just <clears throat> explode this time. Um, While you look for that, I want to mention some more jargon <laughs> here for the the tank pilot. When they find the Wookiees to begin with, he says, There's a large concentration uh, red two by C dash three. Let's break them up. Just say they're in the woods, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is um, this is all laser fire. Okay, um, nobody cut in half here. So, yeah, so uh, then alarms sound and more troops rush out and get into a fight with some Wookies, and then Anakin parks his air tank in front of some starships, and Han informs Luke that they've taken the main control center and shut down all power. But Leia was already uh, taken back to Aquilae. She's on her way there. So mm. Anakin plans to go after Leia himself, while Luke plans an assault on the Empire with the help of the Wookiees. And <laughs> after not hearing from Biggs and Wendy, he sends two Wookiees to check on them. Uh, then uh, Vader has Leia on the space fortress and she is taken to a chamber and the air tank holding Biggs and Windy approaches the outpost and before they can retreat some Wookiees attack and free Biggs, Wendy, uh, 3PO, Owen, and Beru and um, then Han and Luke try to teach Chewbacca how to fly a starship and <laughs> it goes mostly well but he gets he goes a little too fast and he finds it very funny but Luke and Han <laughs> don't appreciate it very much and Anakin lands uh, in the space fortress with R2 disguised as a star raider and he says he's just there to check the vent ports he and then they make their way to the detention area 
Um, an officer tells Anakin that robots can't enter the security station and then leads R2 to a waiting area. And a guard escorts Anakin through the halls, but puts out an alert when Anakin disappears. And Luke, Han, and the Wookiees fly the starships up into orbit. Um, Then Anakin joins a platoon of stormtroopers as they march down the hallway. And Valorum now wears a stormtrooper uniform, apparently demoted. And... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. I just thought he was in disguise, (laughs) but this makes more sense. And then Vader tells him that they've trapped Anakin. And they watch Anakin on the monitors. And then Anakin starts to get suspicious and runs off down the hallway. And the troopers run after him. And as he struggles with the door, gas fills the hallway and Anakin collapses. Then uh, Vader orders Valorum to take him to the special section. And Luke's underground contact, Datos, arrives at Yavin and tells them... Their forces have already started sabotaging the Empire's comlink setups. And Vader and Valorum watch as Anakin is revived. And Valorum tells him he was insane to try to come here. And he's taken to Governor Hodak's office with his hands in electric bonds. And the governor (laughs) orders him to be taken to Alderaan to be executed why he doesn't just shoot him right there or cut him down I don't know uh, but then as he's being escorted Valorum turns to his friends and frees Anakin or sorry Valorum turns on his friends and uh, frees Anakin and throws him a laser sword and then they fight their way out and run down the hall Valorum says that they should leave in a starship and Anakin says not without Leia then Luke guides the ships towards Aquile, and Valorum talks to Leia's guards, and they take down they take her down a hallway, and they run into Anakin. Valorum says to get him, but Anakin cuts down all the guards like they're, you know, sticks of butter, and yep. <laughs> Leia embraces him, and the three of them head off into a garbage chute. And inside, the door gets locked, and Vader comes on the intercom and tells them that their execution will be expedited. Then the walls start moving in on them. Um, Let's see. Let's just double-check the uh, cut-in-half count. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Where is it? It's hard keeping my place in both the script and the... Yeah, <laughs> the I imagine. At the same time. Um, I'm trying to find uh, Valorum's speech where he shows his respect for Starkiller and whatnot. Because mm. I really like that. Oh, yeah, they're still having uh, the surgeons brought in for Leia. Mm-hmm. I guess that's... Did they mention what that was? Um, like for her, her operation, I don't remember. I don't think they did. Yeah. I'm just gonna read this while you're still yeah. looking, because um, I really liked Valorum. Whenever um, you start to see him turning here, because he's clearly demoted, like you said, <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, he's just uh, talking to Starkiller. Just like, can't believe he's here. He says, you're insane to come here. The security on this this thing is impossible. Why? For her? I can't believe your loyalty is that strong. You're a great warrior, but you're a greater fool. This is a place for androids. No codes, no honor. Our ways are useless here. Why couldn't you have just stayed away? The way he says our ways are useless mm. here feels like the turning of the century yeah. where like uh cowboys and outlaws were just like start on the verge of like being civilized and whatnot. Mm. Like the you know the frontier just like becoming civilized and old warriors just losing their place in the world. Yeah. I just it, it resonated with me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I think at this point in the script, um, George Lucas has just become too lazy to write specific um, things. So he just starts saying uh, that people make short work of the troopers. (laughs) That's all it says in the script here. He makes short work of them. So I believe it. He's just like, ah, it'll look cool. We'll just have him cut them down. So if this was a movie, it might be up to like 10 or 15 um, halved people. But yeah, yeah. as of right now, it's still just five. <laughs> um, but yeah, this garbage shoot uh, thing, yeah. um, this has obviously remained in the movie, but at a very different spot. Yeah. Th- I feel like you also got, as much as I like Valorum, mm-hmm. uh, turn and tail, or what do you call it? Um, turn and switching yeah. sides as much as I liked him doing that I felt like again Lucas is like getting near that 130 <laughs> pages and he's just like oh man I don't really want to go much farther than this <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he has to work against himself yeah. to contain the story yeah and at this point I was like this is page 125 out of 129 how does this movie end like that's exactly what I was, I was like, thinking. There's no way this thing is ending in four pages. Like, it's just <laughs> not possible. Yeah. And then yep. it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they turned the garbage chute thing into the climax here. Because um, Luke and his ships approach, and they concentrate their fire on the power terminals, and they take them down. And then in the garbage room, the walls stop moving, and Valorum kicks the door open, and R2 joins them in the hallway, and they make their way to a life pod. And then uh, Vader tells the governor they need to abandon the ship, and the governor says the fortress is invincible and will not give up. Which I thought was a nice (laughs) little twist on earlier, when it was uh, the governor who wanted them to stop, and Vader was insisting that it was you know invincible um then luke tells han to get everyone out of there because the whole station's going to blow and as anakin and his crew make escape in their life pods the fortress explodes behind them and then later in the throne room leia is now queen anakin and luke are to her right and han gives medals to the wookies and Valorum stands next to him, and then R2 and 3PO bow to the Queen, and Leia pronounces Anakin as the new Lord Protector of Aquilae. 
The end. <laughs> no medal for Valorum. <laughs> no recognition in the slightest. He's just allowed to stand there. I don't think... I don't even think Luke gets a medal. Well, I know. It's only... In the final... In the final... Oh, yeah. You know. But here, it's just like... Ugh. Well, I guess the delegation of Wookiees get the uh, gifts and uh, Yeah, medal. that's... This is the only... Then they only leave. the Wookiees yep. get the medals. Ugh. Yeah, that felt extremely lazy to me, too. <laughs> it's like... Oh, the Wookiees can learn how to fly and <laughs> fight in an hour. Yeah, pretty sure piloting skills is a little more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ugh. Yeah, this this ending definitely felt very rushed. Oh yeah. Even worse than in the original. Mm-hmm. Like Which that's how yeah. I feel. I mean I I think the earlier you know, battle with the Death Star would make for a much better ending just because it's much more, I don't know. Realistic. Yeah. And also like it, it just has a lot, a lot more to it. You know, it's meteor and it has, um, you know, you definitely feel the threat, you know, as things are exploding and the, Death Star's like blowing up the planet and they're trying to take it down and I don't know I feel like the threat is just much bigger there and um, you know they they have a lot more going on and Luke's being like the general and commanding everybody and here it's just like eh, a couple of Wookiees on spaceships they come in and blow up (laughs) some things and then the thing explodes and yeah uh, yeah, I was just thinking with um, the Wookiees here and uh, General Skywalker still in the mm-hmm. lead. Like, even showing him, like, dumbing down his instructions to make this, <laughs> you know, suicide run work. Yeah. That would have gone a long way to making this feel <laughs> a lot more uh, realistic yeah. or believable, at least. Because, yeah, you're right. As it is, it's just like... At the beginning, we had this very tense, um, just strategic, on uh, uh, well, strategic assault mm-hmm. against the Death Star. Like everybody's reporting into each other, and they're all talking back and forth, cutting back and forth, everything. Yeah. But for this, it's just like Wookies <laughs> to the rescue. Yeah, I, I feel like it. Uh, I, I think it would work better if there was just a bigger battle here than there was before because Mm. I would like the dynamic of you know the first battle they're doing everything right but then they get stopped short and then they have to you know stop their assault and then they lose but then in this one like they're coming back and it would just be better if it was like a much longer bigger battle and yeah I don't know just I don't feel like the stakes are very high <laughs> in this no. in this part. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because, yeah. uh, well, I guess nobody knows that uh, Anakin and Leia are in the Death Star. Mm. I guess well, that helps a little bit. Well, Luke Luke knows because he knows Anakin went to get them 
Well, I mean, she could be anywhere, though. She doesn't have to be in the Death uh, Star. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's what I'm trying to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's, like, no cutting back and forth at mm-hmm. all. Like, before, like you said, it's just very... Um, it's like it's just happening. There's, like, no emotion at yeah. all. Which is probably a result of him just trying to wrap up the story yeah. in four pages. There's, yeah, it was probably, like... In the beginning, he was, like, taking his time and working with things that he had been thinking about for a while. And he was like, all right, I got this cool stuff going on. But then he was like, ah, I don't know where to take this thing. So then he just started making stuff up and going along, (laughs) going along. And then he's like, all right, I should really be wrapping this up pretty soon. (laughs) All right. So they all go up and blow everything up. I don't know. It's... (laughs) Yep. Yeah, because, uh, I don't even know, like, ah, it just gets to me how they destroy the Death Star. Yeah. There's, like, nothing grand about no, it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's not an awesome sight, as he describes before. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, the way it is well, described. Um, the two life pods drift toward the calm of the planet's surface. Starkiller mm-hmm. and the princess embrace, and he kisses her tenderly. They watch the watches awkwardly. fortress grow smaller <laughs> and smaller as they drift away. Suddenly, a great flash replaces the fortress, and the rubble streaks past the life pods. Several giant explosions follow. <laughs> then there's only a, cloud, a smoke cloud where the mighty fortress once orbited Aquilae. So, yeah. <laughs> Just, it it's literally so... goes out in a puff of smoke. <laughs> yeah. Really? It does. Like... He wrote it that way. <laughs> it is a bland yeah. sight. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's like, ah. Oh, yeah. It's so disappointing. Yeah, there should be a bigger deal made about it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, nobody gets, like, a last word at all, I feel like. <laughs> Except for uh, Queen Leia. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, do you know, is there any evidence that he was already planning a trilogy when he wrote this? I don't believe so. Because it just seems awfully unpolished mm. and left wide open with a lot of things. Yeah. Like nothing about the Chrome Company. <laughs> yeah, or... that's, yeah. There's a lot of things that are just dropped and not brought up again, that are extremely interesting. <laughs> yes, it's like he just kept coming up with cool ideas, but then he was like, "I don't know how to work this into the story," <laughs> so I'll just forget about it. It feels like he yep. did. Oh man. It just started from a five movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it kind of ended at a three or two and a half maybe for Yeah, me. I'd say the same thing. Like, the first at least 30 pages um, are very good. Like, I would yes. love to see that movie. Definitely five out of five, you know. But, Easily. yeah, by the end, it's like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely needs a, a little bit of polishing and rewriting. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so starts out more interesting than actual Star Wars, the movie, yep. but ends <laughs> much less interesting. <laughs> if Yeah, like if you yeah. only read the first 30 pages, you're like, oh man, I almost wish they made this movie instead. But then by the end, you're like, eh, it's probably better what they went the direction they did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, seriously, that, that first act is mm-hmm. amazing. But everything after was just... Well... <laughs> I mean, not everything, but... Yeah. I mean, where they ended it at. How he ended it. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just the third act in general, when they actually escape. Yeah, yeah that could be, because in with. the middle, it's still pretty good. Yeah, it like, is. It basically goes it from five down to a four, down to a three or two and a half. Yeah. Each act gets a little weaker, but... Yeah. Oh. Well, he obviously, you know, made a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. So, for a rough draft, um, I'd say it's good. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Take a lot of notes on that third <laughs> act. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe even he was, like, talking to producers or something, mm-hmm. maybe. And, like, they're like, do we really need a jungle planet? We already have the desert to work in. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of felt like that yeah. a little bit. Like he was just trying too <laughs> much. No exhaust port to worry about for the Death Star <laughs> to blow it up the old-fashioned way. Yep. Which even there, I mean, it would have been great for uh, Valorum and Anakin to be doing stuff in the inside mm. to self-destruct or yeah. something. That would have been like the only way to keep the characters in it. <laughs> like we both said, there's like, there's almost no emotion with this final yeah. battle. It's... Ah, and yeah, Valorum. Um, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna feel bad because I can't remember the guy's name. The actual Nazi in oh Christopher Waltz. Oh yeah, because there's no like uh, fighting or anything mm-hmm. for this character to do. Yeah, but because I don't know how I don't know how he is with stunt work. I don't see him do a whole lot. Yeah, I don't think so. That's almost the kind of character I see as Valorum. Mm. But uh, yeah, just. I think he had some good, great dialogue and, you know, last minute change of heart that kind of hurt yeah. the whole story in general. But he was so smart and, like, had his shit together. <laughs> I could see why Lucas is like, ah, I'm going to turn him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it was smart um, in the long run for him to bring more focus on the force and give that a much bigger role to play because he kind of makes it seem like a big deal earlier in the script, but then kind of forgets about it and just has everybody shooting their pistols and like cutting people up and (laughs) all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he just has those little mentions mm -hmm. of, uh, like, especially in the spaceport, um, Anakin actually senses yeah. Valorum in there. Mm-hmm. And even Luke is just like, eh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> but, like, he still takes it seriously at the same time. Yeah, that's true. So just, and they do mention the meditating and all that. Mm-hmm. And all the disciplines at the beginning, how Deke has, like, he's better at 12 disciplines than Anakin is. Yeah. Like, he actually thinks he's a better 
Jedi. Hmm. Yeah, he definitely laid uh, the groundwork for something great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he did. Yeah. But, yeah, in this draft, definitely doesn't realize half of it. <laughs> or maybe he took the Force and halved it. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the Force in two. <laughs> force divided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that would have helped is if he would have done away with the um, romantic storyline between Anakin and Leia because it really wasn't necessary at all. No. No. Um, and it's <laughs> as it stands it's a little creepy. <laughs> yep. But you know. Ugh. Let's just pretend that when he was typing this he accidentally hit the four instead of the six <laughs> or something. But then That's- again you gotta think did he? <laughs> because in episode one in episode two, You're Anakin right. is a little tiny child, and then he falls in love with Padme, who's at least 14 in yep. the first movie. But, like, so there's, like, a good 10-year difference between them, Yeah, and it's not that long <laughs> before they start <laughs> dating. So maybe he's just weird. I don't know. It's Yeah, it's just... It's, yeah. 14 and 18, it's... Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention him, like, knocking her out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she loves him, like, 10 pages later. Oh. Even their banter before, you know, they even met their feelings for each other. Mm. It's just like, there's no way Yeah. I can see a couple working like that. Well, unfortunately, some of them do, but... Yeah. Here it's just yeah, it just doesn't. I don't sense any chemistry. No, nope. your senses are strong, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad something. <laughs> I guess that's our thoughts on this thing. Yeah, um, first act amazing. Mm-hmm. Second act good. Mm-hmm. Then what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, the uh, opening yeah, scene uh, is one hell of a hook. Yeah. Oh man. E- even just like, it's four people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just the emotion they put into that mm-hmm. was great. I-, I don't know why we say they when it's one guy writing. This. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> yeah, that escalating to a full-out war. Mm. I'm pretty sure, no matter how we look at this script, everything after that is going to be downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you start out with your strongest their... scene. It's uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep that going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, yeah, he did a good job. Like we said, uh, just throwing in like the the scientists uh, mm-hmm. recloning themselves or whatever. Yeah. A few other touches here and there. Uh, I know we both loved about it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, um... Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, did you read the the next draft after this? No, I didn't. Okay. I wasn't too worried about it yet. Yeah, I... I so maybe, as far maybe as now. I know, I think it might just be a lot of uh, name changes, because I have, like, skimmed over it, just kind mm. of, like, skipped through and looked at certain things 
and it seems like it's mostly the same except people are called by different names so I don't know <laughs> maybe we can check that out sometime but <laughs> yeah no, not yet yeah I'm not too no. worried about it at the moment I just love the idea that um, the it's just the idea that I think we all have like when we read or watch a movie or listen to any kind of story like we always just imagine that the author has a very set way <laughs> they have the the world planned out mm-hmm. but like specifically here was kind of soul crushing <laughs> how he turned Yavin into um the rebel base later yeah and how uh Aquila is basically Tantooine yeah and this whole thing it's just <laughs> yeah I like all the name changes Vader is now basically Tarkin mm-hmm and then, yeah, and then the and, uh, general would be, or uh, not general, the governor is essentially Darth Vader. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I thought Valorum was more Darth Vader than anybody. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe maybe the governor but, uh, would be more of the emperor. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Because emperor, like, I actually thought he was going to be substantial. Yeah, I, I thought this. he was going to be coming back more often, but... <laughs> Just that first time that he's in, yeah. he hands off the reins to Governor Hodak. Hodak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like I said before, I'm just so convinced now that George just made this stuff up on the fly. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Absolutely. Which hey worked out in the end, but still. <laughs> Oh, do we know what uh, script we're doing next? Yeah, didn't you say the um, Spider-Man by James Cameron? I think that's a good one. Yeah. Especially considering how Valorum took care of everybody the way he would (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Gas him! (laughs) Yeah, we'll do uh, James Cameron's Spider-Man draft from 1993. So. All right, so next time you can look forward to that. And we we won't have a movie to compare it to, really, because it's going to be its own thing. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll compare it to the first, the Sam Raimi's. Yeah, I guess. If we, want, if we wanted to. We could, we could kind of compare it to the movies that have come out already and, you know, see how it I'm just up. going to assume... Yeah, I'm just gonna assume it's an origin story again. Yeah, probably. So, um, how awesome would that be if it wasn't? Oh yeah, that would be good. Well, did you look at it at all? I haven't actually. I, I even I, I think I've read like the first paragraph, maybe, but beyond that, I haven't actually. I don't know anything about it. So, hmm. um, yeah, looking forward to that. Yep. Um, that'll be just in time for um. Whenever Captain America comes out and we see the new Spider-Man appear. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. Um, So, yep. Thank you for listening to Readers of the Lost Drafts. And um, you can go to rotld.ericterribio.com. There's also facebook.com slash 
R-O-T-L-D podcast. Or you can just search Readers of the Lost Drafts. I'm sure it'll come up. Um, Hopefully. Yep. And, yeah, so keep listening. (laughs) Stay classy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I don't really... I'm not used to these endings like you are with yeah. Wikipedia Chronicles and whatnot. I don't want to copy my own work, so I'm trying to think of a different way to <laughs> go about this. But yeah, so yeah. well, I'm Eric. I'm Zach, and thanks. See you later. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? I think we're always going to make that reference for every single ending. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any way to get out of it. Probably not. Oh, man. That's great. All right. uh, I guess we can stop recording then. Yep. See ya.